Welcome to Crypto Apocalypse. You were gulping. Huh? I was. Welcome to Crypto Apocalypse episode 149, whereas we talk about stuff and things. What episode was it? 149. Did you check? Yes, but now I think I'm wrong because you've asked me, so I'm going to double check. I believe it's 149, but whilst I check, here's some soothing tones from Ant. You were burping five seconds ago and you couldn't do that now. You couldn't save that for when we needed it. 149. All right. So Ant, how you doing? We got some interesting news. We finally got something interesting to talk about that actually affects both of us. No. Yeah, HBO Max. Have you not seen what they announced? That doesn't affect either of us. Well, it does if you've got a VPN. Well, like, mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So HBO have announced that everything that they release in the next year is going to go straight to HBO Max same day mm. with no additional but charge. You know what they'll do? What? They'll release them overseas before they appear in America. You reckon? Yeah. Uh, because if they put them on HBO Max, people are just going to be pirating them. Pirating them, yeah. <laughs> they'll release it overseas before. Yeah, that's true, else, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, because that's what they're doing with Wonder Woman, aren't they? 16th, Wonder- it yeah, comes I think out. 16th, yeah. But it's coming out VOD in, on the 16th in the other countries. So it's coming out in no, China. Christmas Day in. No, China, 16th, VOD. Yeah. Yeah, that's the re- release date. Um, according to according to a source, I say a source, just, just a. Video buying thing. Um, so yeah, so uh, so that's interesting. Is that the future? Is that what's happening now? Is, Hopefully. Do we answer these big questions on this podcast? If we can shut all the massive cinemas down. That'd be great. Yeah, because uh, COVID's on the rise. Apparently, working's the worst area in Surrey now. Yeah, probably. Imagine if like friggin' the only cinemas you had were just like small boutique style ones in different in towns. Prince Charles size cinemas, two screens, showing what they feel like. Every month they play Mean Girls. You know, they put a big name film on, but they also just show not other stuff. And Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? But I think Prince Charles... You could have a couple in one town. Prince Charles is so lucky that, they, like, um, that they've existed for this. Long imagine if you had a couple of cinemas in each town instead of a couple more coffee shops. Why? I think like I feel like this is getting political in a way that I don't understand. What What's wrong with coffee shops? Coffee? We've got enough of them. Yeah. How but, many more do we need in Woking? But it's the only business that's really... Continuously on the rise, isn't it? Except for obviously Cafe Nero. That came late. You could have fired five minutes ago and helped us out. Um, is Cafe Nero the one that's shutting, shutting down? I don't know. One of them's going into administration. They're fucked, mate. You are. Um, yeah, a little bit. Anyway, you, you've got things. Yeah, I'm going to review first this week, am I? Yeah, you're going to talk towards the microphone. I am. I'm going to come a little bit closer to the mic. I'm going to get sexy. Hey, Mike. Um, so. Yeah, so we're gonna just start reviewing stuff. I'm gonna go first, as is the as is the the way we do things. We take turns. I can't help but notice you haven't opened your Labo kit. I bought you. Wasn't this a Christmas present last year? I've opened it. There's two of them up there. Oh, are there? Where? They've been over there. For oh, the you've made the bug. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll and the you. thing you put on top of the switch to make it look like an antenna. Oh right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll let you off then. You yeah. haven't built the piano though. No, because it says it takes two hours. It takes only two hours yeah. to make a working piano. I know, right? That's, I mean, come on now. That's got to be, most most pianos take longer than that, surely. Just curing the cat gut in a traditional panel piano. Sorry, probably takes longer than that. Anyway, all right, I'm going to go first, review first. I'm going to do a review. And what you, I played a Switch game. I need to I need to say that, that I got given a code via Terminals. Yeah, you could like just play the Switch games I've already got. Yeah, yeah, because I got backlog. Yeah, could could good, good enough. 
it. That's good life advice. Where the fuck were you when I was on Terminal's Dark? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, yeah, so I played Dune C. Dune C. It's a goose. Dune C. I played yeah. Dune C. Uh, it's a game in which not you play... It's Scottish. It's not a Dune. Dune. Come to Dune. Um, it's a game in which uh, you play as a goose and you fly and you collect little things. It's very relaxing. There is literally almost no threat to anything you do in the game. Nice. And that means that there's very little challenge. <laughs> but I'm sure... Yeah, I got real bored of this. <laughs> I played it for a couple of hours and it's it's weird. It's kind of like... There are there are things I like it. It gets good six hours in. Pardon? It gets good six hours in. That's when the aliens come. Now, um, it's a really interesting like idea but it feels a bit like a tech demo. It's, it feels like a game jam. You know, where someone's like, got this great idea. Imagine a shooter, but you don't shoot anything. You just play as a ghost and you fly. And like, you got to avoid like rocks that are flying up and down and that's it. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds, sounds interesting. It can be like some trippy graphics and stuff like that. It's like, nah, it's all going to look like yellow, brown, orange, some blue sky. Some, some pretty clouds. good colors. Yeah, great colors. Um, one of the things that I found most amusing is that there are checkpoints where you can land as the goose. And you just do this weird little waddle. It's really slow. It's really cute. That's probably the best part of it. But for the most part, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not something that I'd recommend, really. Is it trying to, um, rehabilitate the identity of geese? Maybe. After, maybe after, it, after yeah, the untitled goose game. Ruined. It kind of, it feels geese. a bit like someone played Journey and they got part of Journey, yeah. but not the rest of it. It's a lot of indie games is Journey. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it just, it feels like it's missing something to make it an actual game. It feels like more like someone trying to be an experience, but even then, like, there's not enough impact in what you do. You know? So it's just a bit blah, blah. So yeah, I wouldn't really recommend you it. You don't really like arty games, though. No, I do. Like, there are games that I like that are arty. I like The Witness. I like, what was that game where it was like a musical experience that we played? The one where you like, the something of the world? Top of the world, the edge of the world, the someone in the world. I can't remember, but yeah, I like that. Like, I like all the, like, I like watching, um, when you were playing Sayonara Wild Hearts. Mm. I really like that game. That's an arty game. I like Super Hot. That's arty. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, it's just, it's not, I think that for something to, to really capture your imagination and drag you in, there has to be some level of stakes or it has to at least feel like, there is something that's edging you forward, but when you've got a dialogue-free experience in which what propels you forward is essentially just the fact you want to continue to play as a goose. And, like, don't get me wrong, controls are fine, like, the gameplay is fine, it's just, like, it needs something else. Like, even if, like, in the second level, maybe it changes... Being a goose not enough for you. No. It's a trans-species experience. You're saying that geese are lesser No, creatures. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that in this video game... You're upset a lot of geese. I mean, you can't even shit. And that's like 90% of what geese do. You can't shit. You can't go and lay eggs. You can't find a mate. You can't traverse a stream. You know, you're just flying through a desert. And then it changes a little bit every so often. It's just, it's not, not really, not really an experience that I sort of, I was expecting a bit more, maybe. Maybe I was expecting too much. But yeah, I'm going to give it a Rob Schneider. Just not enough there, man. Do you remember when Rob Schneider was in Demolition Man and Judge Dredd? Do you remember when Rob Schneider married an anti-vaxxer and now he says that vaccines are giving kids autism? But his parents vaccinated him. 
I'm seeing a link here. <laughs> Your review, Ant. That I wouldn't pretend Rob Schneider's autistic. I'm I wouldn't try and imply that. I didn't that. fucking That's say that all. Offensive. Like, I didn't say that all. I mean, mostly because he doesn't function as a human. No, as autistic I, people can. I was trying to say his contic- contradictory nature has always been ever-present in everything he does. Like, the whole thing with him and Adam Sandler and the way that he was like, oh, yeah, me and Adam are good friends, and then kind of just fucked him over a lot. Imagine getting to hang out with Sylvester Sloan in multiple films, but you end up like... Yeah, Adam Sandler. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, it just, he's he's one of those people that's just was like... Was he in Copland as well? Probably wasn't. No, he wasn't in Copland. No, Copland's good. Copland is good. <laughs> Sylvester Sloan put on a load of weight thinking that he was gonna he was going to win an Oscar... And then they were like, nah, you did all right, but nah. Just want an angina. Yeah, just want a big old gunt. Um, your review, Ant? No. Um, I'll review something that was months old, so, you know, whatever. Get out of the way. Method Man's in it. Method Man, yeah, nice. Yeah, he's in, he's in Copland. Oh. That's cool. Eddie, Eddie Falco's in it, though. Yeah, Eddie he's Falco. the... Yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk about season one of The Mandalorian. Okay, yeah. Because season two's not finished yet. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, season one. People can stop asking me if I've watched it now. Well, certainly I get fucked off because they just kept going. Have you seen Mandalore? And I said, No, I haven't seen Mandalore. And they're like, Oh, I'm you said really no, surprised. but then in the background, they're not. They're going, oh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you haven't watched it. Yeah, because you're a big old fucking and I'm nerd. Just like, shut the fuck up, man. Okay. I've you're got just Star like, Trek really to calmly watch. like, shut the fuck up, bitch. I got Star Trek to watch, and I got you know, just there's a million shows to watch. Isn't That's there? true. I haven't finished the last season of Breaking Bad. Not Breaking Have you Bad. Not finished that. Not Breaking Bad. Oh, Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. Is that the final so. ever series? No, it's one more season. Okay. To come. Um, but Mandalorian. It's about a Mandalorian. Mando. And it's a western. This mm. is what's good with it, because something that the two J.J. Abrams Star Wars films get horribly wrong is that they forget to be like Star Wars films, and Star Wars films. Here's a secret. Star Wars films aren't Star Wars films. Star Wars films are westerns, but in space. Yeah. Or they're samurai films, but in space. Or they're war films, but in space. With wizards. Like, that's what a Star Wars film is. A Star Wars film isn't Star Wars, but also Star Wars, which is what J.J. Abrams did. Mm. His films, like, other than, like, all his imagery that you could assign to being references to older works and other genre pieces... Is only because he's copying what Star Wars has already done. He came so close. There were times when he came close. Yeah, but like, only because he's invoking memories of Star Wars. Yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. Like that. When you talk about the J.J. Abrams, like the Star Wars film, so when you talk about the. It's like friggin' Last Jedi was filled with samurai stuff. It was filled with oh, warrior training, stuff like that. It was you had like, you like, had that amazing salt flat shot that was straight out of a Kurosawa movie where he pulls the lightsaber out and he's just standing there against yeah, the opposing forces. Friggin'. So it's, it, it, but this Mandalorian is like all the really cool bits in Last Jedi. It's it's all stuff where it's telling story visually. Mm. It's taking its time. I mean, I've heard a lot of people saying there's hardly any dialogue in it. No, Mandalorian talks a lot. Like oh, that yeah. guy, he, and he laughs, which you don't get often from these masks here. In the new series, he laughs. I can't remember him laughing in the first series. Yeah, he does. Every now. He's a bit. He's got some jovial moments. Yeah. Um, my favorite part, well, the part of the series that sold me was on episode two. Um, when all the Jawas started going egg, 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 <laughs> egg, because um, you know I, I, you know I say I, I identify with that, and I can. Oh yeah, you love eggs. I can, I can, you know. You're essentially the Ron Swanson of the UK. Yeah, 
Yeah. You know, I, I can connect with that there. Listen here. I when I say when I say bring me all your bacon and eggs, mm. I think what you heard was bring me lots of bacon and eggs. Yeah. But what I'm saying is bring me all of your bacon and eggs. But, um no, nah, it's I like the series it's like effective. It tells stories well. There's like there's some stuff I can pick at it, like the casting in it. I know people will go, it's great casting, but to me I found it kind of distracting the amount of um sort of Sort of famous, but not super famous actors are in it. Like who? Well, in the first episode, you've got Carl Weathers, mm-hmm. and you've also got uh, Nick Nolte doing the voice of a little alien guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you've also got people like Ming-Na Wen turning up in it, and mm-hmm. you've got Gina Carano, got Giancarlo Esposito, and all this sort of stuff. All these actors that you recognise from other stuff. You've got Taika Waititi doing the voice of a droid. It was the voice of the other droid later in the series, I can't remember, but oh, um, it was, Bill uh, Burr was in it. Bill Burr was in it, but yeah, it was uh, Richard Iodi. Yeah. yeah, and it's all these things where it reminds me of, you know when you get one of those fan films on YouTube and they had just enough money to fire some actor that's sort of semi-well-known, mm. and they get him in there, and it doesn't matter if they really were the person you should get for these roles, they just got someone because they're sort of well-known and they wanted to have him in the thing. Who was it who played? There's two... There's two well-known comedians who play, um, you know, the two stormtroopers. Oh, in the last episode, yeah. The yeah, one. where they're trying to shoot the rock and they're like shaking the blasters. <laughs> no, they're and shooting just... at the can. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, he can't aim. He goes, let me do it. He goes, <laughs> it's Jason Sudeikis and mm. um, Adam Pally. Yeah. And the whole thing's just like, like frigging um, troops. Mm. Just a That's the thing. It's This show shows a lot of love for Star Wars. It understands what Star Wars should be and all this sort of stuff. It's kind of like stories. Lower Decks. It's like kind of a thing that was that everybody sort of thought would be a throwaway thing, but it's actually a lot more reverent to the material than it should, what it needs to be. Yeah. Because I like, um, I like a lot about it. Like, in fact, I like um, Pedro Pascal has, he just does the voice, but when he's acting as the Mando, you can see that there are two but different people doing He's in the costume it. during the show. Not every episode. No, he is. He's in the costume the whole time. I thought it was a different act because it was like something like they revealed there was another person playing Mando during the sets. It's only when he takes his mask off it's not. No. Him. You sure? No, Pedro Pascal's in the suit the whole time. Because when it's not Pedro Pascal, it's someone who holds their shoulders up and they put their back. Like they're like proper like walking around no, like. Yeah. He's in the costume the whole time. Mm. I mean, other than stunts, but. Yeah, alright. Maybe. Yeah, he's in there. Maybe. Just seem like two different actors. Um, but yeah, all in all, I really liked it. Um, I actually, I actually didn't mind, like, just a few actors dotted here. Especially Carl Weathers. Really liked Carl Weathers in it. Yeah. Like. It's fine. It's just, it's just some slightly distracting because I don't associate Star Wars as a, a film series that has well known actors in it. It's one of those things where it's like, you usually have a lot of unknowns in Star Wars films. And if you yeah. do have a well known actor, they're playing some sort of a f- role of authority. Go back to go back to the original trilogy. Yes, like go back to the original trilogy released at the time ago. Yes, just because they didn't have the money to hire a bunch of well-known actors. I mean, the bu- closest you had the was ones, the closest you had was Alec Guinness. Even the new ones, but like, yeah, in the in like, but no, because you've got, got, you don't have those legacy. You actors, McGregor, you know. you've got fucking. You're talking prequels there, but even prequels like Liam McGregor, Liam Neeson, you've got. Liam Neeson was still, like, not a massive name back then. (laughs) Schindler's List and stuff had happened. Liam Neeson had been around since the 80s. But he's playing the... He was in Krull, the greatest film ever made. He's playing the authority figure. Yeah. Ewan McGregor was still fairly new on the scene Christopher Lee had Ian Holm... Yeah, playing authority figures. Yeah, but, like, you still had those people in there. I don't think think the actor should be associated with authority figures at all times. I think that they should be... There should be a level, like, because if you I want set some that unknown stand- folks in it, yeah, but thing. you've got unknowns in there. 
Not really. Yeah. No one, no, really. You don't see anyone. <laughs> it's like next to no characters who are people who you don't know. I'm just realising how few people there are yeah. in, in The Mandalorian. I mean, Gina Carano, I know they're not household names, but you know who they are. Yeah. I would like Gina Carano, but she's, apparently she's massively transphobic, so. Well, she's transphobic and anti mask and all sort of shit. Yeah. Just one of those. I don't know, like, see, the story that I've heard about her. Do you her, like the big buff women, though? Who doesn't mind big buff women? Yeah. Um, the yeah. story that I've heard about Gina Carano is She'll weird. Crush your neck. Like, basically, the idea was that apparently someone was saying, like, oh, we put pronouns in our bio just because it shows support for the trans community. And then she came along and she was like, beep, boop, beep, beep. And people took that as either she was transphobic or she was just saying, I'm not a robot, I'm not going to go with, like, the movement. And, like, saying you're not going to go with the movement is fine, but I just think that. Yeah, as time's gone on, it seems like more and more she might just be transphobic. Yeah, yeah, which is a shame because she's been good and stuff. Deadpool's still a good movie. Just shame that she, you know, obviously when people come out like that, hating any group, it doesn't age well. Yeah, when you look at the way that people treat homosexuals, like I mean, was it Cary Grant was living with a guy for the last like ten years of his life, or at some point he was living with a dude. And he's just like, they did like a photo shoot in their flat they shared together. And they only had one bedroom. And people were like, he's just sh- just hanging with his buddy. Yeah, like just Batman living, was hanging out with Robin. his buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I always find that funny. But yeah, like, you know, people... people. No, it's never a good look. No. What's that I, thing I read the other day? Um, what was the, you know, the Band-Aid thing? Was it Band-Aid? I think it was Band-Aid. It was, or, no, Rock Against Racism. Yeah. It was a whole thing. Do you know why that started? Why? Because Eric Clapton's super racist and would say super racist things on stage. Oh, so like a whole load of rock musicians were like, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> they did a whole thing yeah. to get back at him. Why am I getting loads of friggin' junk mail from some weird Spanish thing? That's it's not Spanish. Dunk of Yeah, whatever. But anyway, um, Mandalorian season one. So right. I'm enjoying season two so far. We'll what, worry about what that when it finishes. What was your favourite episode in season one? All of them. I could've... The last episode's still my favourite. Yeah, but pretty... I think the problem is that you can tell the budget was massive for that last episode. It's like a mini film, isn't it? So I like the when they're breaking into the prison ship. I liked that. A lot of people yeah. didn't. I like the yeah, Mando coming across like that a was horror. It's like a straightforward, like, you know, simple story. That's one thing that's great of it. There's no B plot in any episode. No. Every episode is all A plot. It's all Mandalorian all the time. Um, I really like the fact that the Mandalorian just, he, like, as soon as, like, they fucked him over and he suddenly was the other side, hmm. they were like, Fuck, this is terrifying. But the lights yeah. all going red and stuff and black, and he's just. No, like, it implies that he's killed them all, but he hasn't. Yeah. He's just left them to get arrested and everything. Exactly. The guy who was the um, the Republican um, security guard. Yeah. At the end, he's the guy who does the voice of Anakin in Clone Wars. Oh. Yeah. More stunt casting. That's what it is. Mm. No. But this is like so many just random. Clancy Brown things. plays one of the people. He plays the strong yeah, he was guy. The big in that guy. Group. The horns. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's all just like. Every single cast member is someone people know. Yeah. But, you know, it's fine. When you got the money for it, I guess. And also, yeah. like, at least that way you're not going to end up with another, like, Anakin in the... I've seen people prequel. saying they want to get um, Sebastian Stan to play um, Luke Skywalker. Oh, yeah, it. I saw that, but, like... It'd fit, but at the same time, they'd, they'd just digitally de-age Mark Hamill. Yeah. He'd do it. Exactly. Like, and he can make his voice sound a bit younger. Also, why would he to. be in it to be... To teach... Grongu. Grogu. Grogu. Yeah. But maybe. like, the problem is that he already showed that he had a Jedi school and Yoda was the last person that he saw from that race. Maybe. So why would he... I don't know if he was the last one he saw from that race. Well, but you see all the students in the... Well, they you don't. see the school. Yeah, you see Burning. Yeah, that's true. 
Who knows? Yeah. Who fucking knows? Who fucking knows when it comes to Star Wars? J.J. Abrams will probably direct the last episode. Fuck it all. Mm. Yeah. Some good directors on them to that show sometimes. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Did one of my favourite episodes. Robert Rodriguez has done some. And, yep. you know, Carl Weathers directed one. He did, and it was amazing. Mm, yeah. The first half was a bit slow. Second half, fucking brilliant. I love snow. I love the speeders being used. Yeah. When are they going to get um, Billy D. Williams to direct? Well, he's probably Billy D. Williams. I don't think he can move too well. He was no, kind of looked he like has he a really cane and stuff, and like yeah, yeah. He did kind of look like he probably shouldn't have been in Rise of Skywalker as much he as he was. He's very old, and also he doesn't know how to make a good bone broth. No. Whereas Carl Weathers will take that bone, pop mm. it in a stew pot, brew it for a few hours. Mm. You got yourself stuck. Mm. Do you? Oh, you don't watch Arrested Development? No, but they do. They do drink bone broth in. Um, yeah, they do drink a lot of it. Mandalorian when yeah. they go to the. That first planet they go to, because that's the thing. Every week, it's just he goes to a planet and saves people. Yeah, wandering well, here. He and saves there. people to exchange for in exchange for uh, information. <laughs> well, no, it's, most of the thing is my ship has been fucked up. Yeah, he goes. I've got two credits, and the person goes, "Okay, I can't fix it for two credits, but here's the most dangerous thing I can think of." And then can the man goes, it. "He's like, yeah, sure." I'm really fucking... I, I'm looking forward to talking about the second season because mm. I think that... There's only two has, more episodes left. Yeah, there have been... It's a stronger season all round mm. just because it has a direction, has like a point yeah. and Timothy Oliphant's in it. But I kind of like that it feels like he's just constantly getting distracted by side quests. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I do... I, I do not want series where it's just endlessly his focus on the end game. Of the yeah, but the problem is that they are you like... Got, you got to go off and do other stuff. They are kind of in a race against time for a long bit. <laughs> like, yeah. they're not trying to find... Doesn't matter. Oh. Well, you can't spend 45 minutes doing something else. That's true. That yeah. woman, the uh, Mandalorian leader that was in the cave, she didn't die, did she? She killed them all. Yeah, she killed all the asses. She's busy cleaning up. She'll She's turn up so again. so fucking good. She'll turn up again. Yeah, I do like the direction it's going in. I'm really excited to see what happens with the mm. next. Because if they do get Carl Weathers... Well, I think they're going to show... Um, I think in the last episode, probably, you're going to get um, Ezra from Rebels. Yeah, I've up. been hearing rumours about that. Because he's supposed to still be alive... By yeah. that point, so. and Ahsoka's uh, looking yeah. for him. The she? thing is, you get enough Jedi hanging out, it kind of gets a bit comical. Yeah, that, that Order sixty six is ever a thing, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that it was ever really... successful. Like, how, how, what's the point where, um, like, not actually enough Jedi were killed? Mm. Like, what's the point when there's so many Jedi that they probably should have stopped the Empire sooner? Also, where the fuck are all the Sith? <laughs> there were loads of Sith, right? No, not in that time. There was only ever two. Like, um, oh, really? during the Old Republic days, that's when they. Stopped having thousands of Sith. Ah, okay. They re- boiled it down to two. Okay. Because that's even present in the prequels. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So it's be- two, a master and an apprentice, although because they're Sith and they're always lying, they've they've secretly yeah, got apprentices all over the place where Sarge Ventress comes from and all yeah. that sort of stuff. It'd be more interesting and if... Darth like- Maul wasn't even Darth Sidious's main apprentice. He had Count Dooku on yeah. the side. And then he took on Darth Vader. Yeah. After Dooku. After Dooku did the It's so it's so weird that it's all just like definitive statements in the Jedi order. It's like you're either you're either always thinking about not fucking someone or you're thinking about fucking someone. Killing younglings. Well I mean come on now. Because if you kill the younglings you can fuck someone more. You don't have to deal with the younglings. He's just thinking about fucking someone. And they can kill all the sand people. Yup. And the Padme's like, oh, it's a bit harsh, but let's carry on and have a baby. Yeah, let's let's fuck each other. Yeah, I yeah. always I always got the I always got the idea that the baby was made through the Force rather than through fucking, because they that's what he told her. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I was so powerful with the Force came. 
from across the stars. So you were wearing a condom. Yeah, it took a long time to like... You were wearing a condom when we last... It's like, yeah, yeah, I was wearing a space condom. That bitch isn't smart. Okay, this is fine. Yeah. Uh, The Mandalorian, though, way better than I expected it to be. That first series, I was just like watching every episode, just like hooked. And then the second series, I've been a lot more interesting. I think that my thing is that when you mix in... Because the monsters in the first series, it was always like... Like... It was just always like big Banffers and stuff. There wasn't really anything. Was it Banff for the thing that they killed? No, what was the rhino thing? Oh, that's a um, something horn. Yeah, blood they, horn. Or that something. was kind of the only big monster in the first series. Yeah. In this one, you've got that awesome cave spiders it's episode. Not that second series. All right. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, God. No spoilers. Second series. No spoily woilies. Anyway, you review something. All right. My next review is going to be a film. Oh no! I watched a movie called Freaky. Can you guess what the plot of Freaky is? Is it a Freaky Friday thing? It's a Freaky Friday freaky movie! All right, so Vince Vaughn is a serial killer in a small town. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Vince Vaughn is a serial killer in a small town. He kills a bunch of teens who are talking about going to prom and talking about a previous incident in which a serial killer killed a bunch of teens, you know, because they're meta. Um, And he kills all these teens, and it just so happens that the house they're in is an antiquity dealer's house, and his daughter is throwing the party. And so the serial killer steals uh, an ancient dagger that has the ability to switch the souls of a person using it and their victim. Oh. And if you don't manage to kill the person you're stabbing with it, then the next day you wake up in their body and you have to live in their, in their body. Mm. Um, quite a fun little idea, really, because, um, because, you know, we forget this, but Vince Vaughn used to be a funny guy and not just Republican guy. <laughs> so, you know. It's kind of cool to see him um, be a bit more loose and a little bit more fun because he does. He once they switch personalities because there's a teenage girl and a, and a fifty-year-old serial killer. Once they switch personalities, he does go for it. He's kind of fun. Like every time he's in a scene, you're just sort of like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of this is kind of fun. I like this." Mm-hmm. Um, whereas she becomes like Stoneface Killer, which is less interesting. So you sort of most of the time, even though she's killing people and it's it's violence a bit more, you know, gory and horror fused. Um, you sort of just spend your time going, oh, I wish I could see more of Vince Vaughn just trying to pretend to be a teenage girl or just trying to get about in the world and get stuff done and sort of track her down again. Um, but yeah, all in all, it, it, it's fun. It's a good way to waste an hour and a half. It's not particularly taxing mentally. Like you're never asking, oh, where are they geographically or what's going on over the other side? You know, it is all just like serial killers killing people. He's trying to, he's, uh, Vince Vaughn's trying to find her so that he can stab her with the uh, ancient dagger and switch yeah. the bodies back around before midnight. Because if they don't do it before midnight, then. Isn't it the same dagger that they used to get the um, thingy's soul into Chucky? Maybe. Yeah. Is it? Well, Charles plays. That's the thing on Charles Brain. Oh, right, yeah, because they do what? Well, he has a ritual dagger thing. Doesn't it he might cut be. blood on his hand? And It might be, because when it comes to the actual thing, they do the cloud parting, the moon yeah. covering up thing with the smoke and stuff. I think stuff. people are just bankrupt with ideas nowadays. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one sec, let me just quickly... It's probably a reference to Charles play anyway. Oh, no, no. I think Charles's one is just like a weird voodoo-y knife, and this one's like got like a skull on the end of it and stuff. Yeah, well... Yeah. Visual reboot. Maybe, um, but yeah, I I I really enjoyed it. It like the the only thing I would say is it's a little bit long, longer than it needs to be. It's an hour of forty five minutes, I think. That's just fifteen minutes too long. You could condense it down. There's a scene where Vince Vaughn is they go to a like a clothing shop to try and find a disguise for him because he's like on the news and stuff. 
Um, and uh, and it amounts to nothing. They just find a mask for him to put on. The only real thing that happens is that Vince Vaughn talks to talks to his mum, and they're like, they're like, oh, okay, so you know, do you want to get like? She's like, oh no, no, it's just like a whole mix them up thing where she's like, I really like talking to you, and it's like, oh, we can go get dinner sometime, like all this stuff. And I get that, like they have a subplot where the mum's an alcoholic, and like part of the reason the little the the girl was almost killed was that um, her mum got drunk and didn't pick her up after like a big football game. And like that's fine, that's 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 fine. But like, come on, you don't need that scene. It's like a good ten minutes of the film where you just derail you need a scene it. where she tries to seduce her mum. Yeah, you don't need it, that's, and it's not really funny either. Like that's the other thing as well. It's just like it feels really out of place. The scene where the writer forgets that Vince Vaughn's meant to be a teenage girl, and yeah, he yeah. just stops. It's like Vince Vaughn wants a kissing scene, yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Um, there is actually there's like a really interesting scene, and I didn't expect Vince Vaughn to do this because normally. When he's put in those situations, it sort of, I think it devolves into homophobic or, or some other monstrous slur as in his other films. But, um, there's a scene in which the girl's, the girl's crush reveals to her that he's interested in her as well. But obviously she's in Vince Warns' body. So they have a slightly romantic scene where she reaches up and, and he touches his face and he's like, Oh, you've got stubble. And she's like, it's like it's like it's quite sweet that they're like seeing beyond what's happening. But at the same time, I was like, teenage boy in Vince Vaughn. This is a trap, at the end of the it? film where he's just not attracted to her anymore. <laughs> yeah. Touches her face and he's like, oh, maybe I was into the stubble. Yeah. <laughs> I just kept thinking that Admiral Akbar meme where it's like you see Vince Vaughn going in to kiss this teenage boy and it's below. It's a trap! <laughs> like, we've got him on camera with Jeffrey Jones did. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, oh. it's all right. It's surprisingly enjoyable. Really goes by in a quick pace. It's just those 10, 15 minutes need to be shaved off because it's just... If you added a bit more violence instead of those 10, 15 minutes and maybe develop the killer as, as a person, because I think it'd be, it would be cool to see who he actually is. Because in this, like, you're like, oh, okay, so they haven't had murders for like a bunch of years. What has he been doing? Because he can't just be this like Terminator, like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to just like, and, and at the end as well, there's like a, a minor spoiler. There's an interaction between him and her where he does show signs of his personality. He's like, I've been inside your body. I know what makes you tick. I know what your weaknesses are. I know you're not as strong as me. And like, and like, is it, you know, in your head, you're like, well, there is a character there. There are hints at it, but it just, it's not explored because instead you so have to... talking about how he's been inside a teenage girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but like that interesting... Did he bring out a Romeo and Juliet law? Maybe, maybe. That he had brings laminated. out laminated in his wallet, yeah. Yeah. Because like, I've got this, I can be 21 and fuck a 12-year-old. It's still one of those scenes that people like... Like, st- it's still hard to believe it's in a film. Yeah. Yeah. A film with Mark Wahlberg that made almost a billion dollars. Yeah. 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 Do you remember, speaking of things that people forget about in a film, do you remember the mutant rat in Amazing Spider-Man? No one fucking yes. remembers the mutant. Yes. Yeah, what happened to that? It escapes from the cage. You get a shot where, it, oh, it's not in the cage anymore. Never turns up again in the whole film. Yeah. Well, there is a, is there, well there's a rat king in Spider-Man, isn't there? That's Turtles, isn't it? Is it Turtles? I think that's, that's Batman. Also... Batman's got a Rat King. Batman does have a Rat King. Yeah. Maybe he's down with the Morlocks. Maybe. Maybe he's gone to join the Morlocks. Yeah. Join the Morlocks. Do you remember that in Amazing Spider-Man, the video game, the plot was that the lizard was going to turn everyone into lizard people, and then he does it in the video game, and you get to beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Does he do it in the film? No. No, he tries to, doesn't he? He's got yeah, the gas. Yeah, he's got the thing. Yeah. And then Spider-Man swings along the He doesn't even know frames. if it's a permanent change, though, because he's... He's changed, but not permanently, because his cells are all... Oh, man. There's a that scene in which he looks at his good. cells and he's like... No, but people defend that film a lot. 
Yeah, it's not great. It's not as bad as the second one, but it's not. No, the second one's a fucking mess. Yeah. Which is kind of a shame, because the second one, you could make a good film from that concept. It's just make it only a goblin film, and make it so that he's like... Yeah, either do a goblin or do Electro. Yeah, one don't do other. both. Yeah. Because they're not Electro's, related. Electro's... Well, they wanted to do the Sinister Six, didn't they? That's why at the end yeah. you see all the arms and stuff. <laughs> so fucking bad. Anyway, Freaky. Um, yeah, yeah. Doctor Ock, all of his villain yeah. origins just in... In suitcases. Know. Yeah. You're just going to pick up a suitcase and you're Doc Ock. You're going to pick up another yeah. one? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, freaky. Um, I kind of recommend it. Like, if you, if you like horror comedies, it's good. I think just, yeah, just don't expect too much and, and you can have a good time. Don't expect like a, well, it's nowhere near as good as Happy Death Day 1 or 2. It's the same director. He's, he's basically just doing the 80s tropes in horror movies start, sort of thing. No, he's the next, he's going to do Wayne's World, but yeah, horror. Yeah. They're, uh, <laughs> they're fighting demons on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but like, you know. It's it's fine. Strangle someone with the red rope licorice from the dispenser in the yeah. roof of the car. Yeah, they start taking it down. They wrap their head around it and then they just drag it. Yeah, it starts coughing up blood. He just puts yeah. a paper cup under his mouth. <laughs> You're going to spew spew into this. <laughs> um, I really like. Well, I, I say I really like it. I had my issues you know, with. If you remove man's heart in the dead of winter, steam will rise from the ruins. <laughs> Some say that's the soul escaping the body. <laughs> yeah. What do you think about that? Okay. <laughs> Let us know when you stop being mental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, boys, you go on. People need humour. Humour's necessary. Wayne's <laughs> um, great. Wayne's World 1 and 2 are both amazing. Mm. And then we ran into the sweet shop. Not only did they have a Bengal tiger, but we also... He was in Star Trek the other day. Was he? Yeah, he's one of the Romulans the other oh. week when Michael Burnham was doing the whole thing where she had to convince Romulans and Vulcans to give us some information. He was one of the Romulans. Oh, cool. Yeah. I was like, I know that face. <laughs> All right. And your review? Uh, let's do X-Men Dark Phoenix up the bum. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I watched that. I have never seen a film that needed aliens in it less <laughs> than X-Men Dark Phoenix. Here's a film that's about a childhood trauma and PTSD, a repressed trauma manifesting in adulthood and the destructive nature it can cause to that person and their friends, the changing personalities that it could bring about when you've experienced a, a massive trauma such as that. And there's aliens in it um, for no reason. But, you know, that's the thing. Lots of people slagged off this film, but there's this stuff there. There is like a core of a film there. That's it. it is about repressed trauma manifesting in adulthood. That's what it's about. That's like a theme. That's like a that's thematic tra- storytelling. Who's who's the other character in Last of Us Part Two? It's Ellie and Abby. Abby, but um, yeah, it, like it had something going on in it, which is more than X Men Apocalypse had. X Men Apocalypse had Oscar Isaac looking like Ivan Ooze, like and Ivan Ooze is great. But um, yeah, Dark Phoenix. I don't know what to make of it, man. It was fine. It was clearly a film made just to con- by contractual obligations a little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence was like. No, <laughs> one weekend of filming and she was Audi 5000. She was. And also, like, <laughs> they finally knew what to do with her character, which was which was interesting. They sort of made her the leader, didn't they? Yeah. And she was just... in Apocalypse, effectively. She was like... Kind of. Training them and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were, oh, we've got these matching uniforms and stuff. They had a meaningful conversation in the beginning, so you knew she was going to die. Yeah. Because her and Beast have, like, probably the most emotionally charged and interesting conversation of anyone in the entire film. And their conversation is like, you know, we've kind of saved the world a bunch of times. Maybe we should just leave and go and be together. Yeah. And they're like, 
Yeah. Magneto's got his secret island. <laughs> Yeah. I like I like him because that's it's essentially his. He's it's just like, in the comics. It just looks like a clearing in a forest. But like, <laughs> what was was him having an asteroid M too outlandish for the film that starts with the, the cosmic thing and the aliens? Isn't it so? Asteroid M would have been rad. Is it Sokovia or no? It's not Sokovia in the comics. What is the Genosha? is the research facility that Moira Matanga runs. Yeah, like he could have. They could have just yeah. had Genosha. Just have like a controlled like. Yeah. Free area. Because it also, like, the whole thing about this guy almost ended the world with his powers and they've just left him alone. That would never fucking happen. Someone would have shot him with a plastic bullet. They would have come up with a plastic to kill him with a plastic fucking bullet by that point. And they are just like, they're just like, nah. And the mate. military just turn up in regular yeah. helicopters. And he's just like, he's just like, I'm floating you. I'm floating mm. you, you prick. It's weird how much it's dropped down from um, Days of Future Past because Days of Future Past is rad as hell. Yeah. That film's great. But, yeah, I fucking love Days of Future Past. Yeah, but this is better than Apocalypse, I think. I mean, I'd, I can't be asked to watch Apocalypse ever again. I just See, I've tried. <laughs> I've really tried because it's I keep... It's got nothing. I keep thinking to myself, Oscar Isaac's in that film. And then, like, as soon as you start trying to watch it, you're like, you're like this doesn't... Everything looks like it floats. Hmm. Like, even all the characters as they're fighting each other, they look like they're floating. They all float down here. <laughs> um... I did. Uh, but Dark Phoenix at least has something going on. I told you that Dark Phoenix to me is two good films. Someone's tried to mash together because if you had the if you had more focus on the aliens and like you had an actual Marvel alien and they were like you could have done Secret Wars X Men style. Yeah, yeah. Right? you could have like had them integrating in with the mutants and stuff yeah. and like they're suddenly they're like oh I've been here the whole time and they go and like kill people but like Jean Grey's powers going nuts for no reason then being like oh there's a there's something in the sky, Gene. Maybe you can contain it. Oh fuck! It's gone wrong. <laughs> this unproved. I don't know what to do. That sucks in all that cosmic shit. Yeah, just yeah, fucking stupid. But like, like, as I was saying to you, that train sequence. Although you don't need aliens and you don't need another train sequence in a movie. Fuck! I love the train sequence in this. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's got some fairly decent parts to it. Yeah. I love Magneto finally going like guns akimbo. Literally. I do think the only thing whenever they do a train sequence that they always get wrong is. Um, every carriage looking the same, so you're not sure who's in what carriage at what time. Yeah, that's one thing this one suffers from because every single one is just a big metal box. Well, that's how but the reason got... you do it is because you shoot with one tr- yeah. piece of the train carriage, and you don't set dress it; you just yeah. keep it the same. But then you watch I mean... Murder on the Orient Express, and every part of the train, every carriage of the train has a different look to it. I was going to proper... say, um, what was it? Um, uh, the but Binjo Snowpiercer, Snowpiercer, yeah. yeah, the film, not the TV series, yeah, not the TV series, because no one's watched the I TV series. The t- it's on Netflix. Who yeah. fucking knew? That's a detective series. Yeah, it's a more based on the comic. No, I don't want to watch it. Yeah, but, um, but in that every carriage they went through, you could see the difference. Yeah, yeah. You knew the difference, and even like the people, even the people with masks, you could see. Like you mm. knew what type of personality. Yeah, but that train sequence at the end, it's it's fun and everything. Um, <laughs> Nightcrawler goes mental for I a while. I fucking love it. Nightcrawler <laughs> going mental is one of my favourite things. The thing is, like, um, in X-Men 2, you know, when he attacks the president and everything, and he's mind-controlled and stuff, mm. and when he finds out what he did, he gets traumatised and yeah. all this. But it's like, he's pretty happy stabbing aliens. To be fair, in this one, he has already... <laughs> he shoved his tail through an alien. He would have felt... He would have felt his tail going through that guy's throat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to be fair, like, in the last film, didn't they find him in, like, a mutant death-fighting pet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's probably pretty fucked up at this point, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably not, like, the he's normal... He's doing some UFC stuff, on not Yeah, I don't think he's the protected... Was that in religious... Apocalypse? Yeah, it was yeah. Apocalypse. I don't think he's the protected religious boy that he was in the comics. Yeah. I love Nightcrawler in the comics. Like, between him 
And like the thing is that in the comics, I think they always go, "Well, this is a ridiculous character, and we've got to use him in whatever way we can." And they've like gone, "Oh, he got trapped in hell, became a pirate, and he's like done all this other crazy shit." Like, and every time it's just like the fact that he is Nightcrawler and he carries that personality sort of gives you a be like a through line through everything. But if like he suddenly became a murderous fucking vigilante nightmare, you'd be like, "This doesn't feel like Nightcrawler." There's even, um, there is a Deadpool comic where he teams up with Captain America and Wolverine, where they find out that Deadpool's DNA and healing factor have been stolen by like a spy on one of the missions he did ages before. And they've essentially been splicing his DNA with the DNA of a, of a mutant that could absorb people's powers, hmm. but permanently and uncontrollably. So they just, they fuse those two together and they've just given it to a bunch of people, but they've stopped the absorbing part happening. So they've taken Deadpool, but they've mixed him with, with Nightcrawler for instance, and they've made a Russian Nightcrawler. and like, mean like all... a Deadpool that can teleport at will? Yeah. Like from like the end Deadpool. of X-Men Origins Wolverine? No, like Deadpool, because he has a teleporter, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he has a functional teleporter. Yeah. He it's a... a piece of technology. Yeah. It's not a mutant power. Yeah, I know, yeah. Like but, he um, has in X-Men Origins But in, in Wolverine. But comic, in that comic, they both, Wolverine goes, Wolverine goes, oh God, is that you, bud? And he's like, he's like, I don't know what you mean. <laughs> he's like, Wow. They really, they nailed it with you, mate. <laughs> and even Deadpool says, like, you remind me of him and I love him. He's so nice. He's the only one of those guys that's nice to me. <laughs> and, like, and there's a point at the end where they're like, they're all disappearing and he goes to shake his hands and he goes, you've got two fingers and everything <laughs> like that. It's like, bye. And they go off like, I think that, um, that ends with them going off to go and join Genosha and they go with like Cyclops and stuff like, cause that's when Cyclops is like a weird terrorist. Yeah. I like the X-Men comics sometimes, when they're not bad. They're nonsense a lot of the time. Yeah, they are nonsense a lot of the time. They've done some yeah. good stories. Like I think that the reason that Wolverine's so often used in the Avengers and stuff like that is because he is probably the most one of the most solid characters, consistently written. It's one everyone loves. Well, it's really easy to write someone who's just a murderous, insane werewolf man who yeah. doesn't transform. No. Nah. That's like essentially who he is. Do you remember when Lee Schreiber was Sabretooth? Yeah, he wasn't bad. Nah. I like Lee Schreiber as an actor. He was uh, he was Kingpin in Into the Spider Verse, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, that was that was Lee Schreiber. What? Oh, Kingpin. in the game, in the no, film, in the film, yeah. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Uh, possibly. Um, I think that's his voice. Um, but yeah, so I I really enjoyed really enjoyed. What, what was I talking about? You weren't talking about anything. I was busy reviewing X Men Dark yeah. Phoenix. Sorry, I had like a fucking mental breakdown yeah. there. I genuinely. But don't. if you want to enjoy X Men Dark Phoenix. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. You go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Right. sorry. I guess it's not the end of the X Men thing in the universe, is it? Because no, New Mutants the... exists. Yeah, no, that's that's bad. not on Netflix. That's not on Disney Plus, is it? No, that's no. bad. I'll watch it eventually. It's a bad film. I'll yeah. see it in cinemas. Uh, yeah, I know. You probably got COVID. It's bad and not good. Yeah. Anyway, review things. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's your turn. Oh, is it? Yeah. <gasps> sure. Second to last. Third review. Yeah. Um, I have been playing a game. Oh, there we go. So I've been playing a game again. Got given a code because I was looking forward to it. I was, I've been playing Dark Souls a lot on my Switch. And, um, I just invested in the, you know, the, have you seen the triple pack, the complete DLC, the Dark Souls trilogy they've released? I bought that because it was on offer for like £25. What, on Switch? No, on PS4. Makes sense. Sorry. So I bought the You're Dark Souls Switch. Sorry. Bought the Dark Souls Remastered trilogy on PS4 because I'm going to buy a PS5 eventually. Apparently they run great on it. But when you're saying you got a code for something. 
Yeah, I'm getting into that. Wait a what second. Are you talking about Dark Souls Wait now? a second. Because I am. I'm telling you, I'm setting the mood. Um, so, but just tell me what it is that you're I'm reviewing. Dark Souls. I got the Dark Souls trilogy. I play a little bit of Bloodborne. I'm, you know, I'm getting, I'm getting back in that mood. Getting back in that mood. I need a difficulty level. I need like, because I played Miles Morales and that was fairly easy to get through. So I was just looking for a bit more of a challenge. And I saw this game, Morbid: The Seven Acolytes, is getting released. Um, there's a few things about it. It looks intriguing because it's a bit like a mix. I think I said to you, it looks a bit like um, Zelda the Minish Cap mixed in with like a Dark Souls style horror game. Like all very dark and moody and, and, and Cthulhu-y and body horror-y. And, you know, it, it has that aesthetic and that sort of... It, it, aesthetic. A, aesthetic. And apparently One it has... Too, right? <laughs> no, I won't. Um, and, and apparently it had the difficulty I was looking for. So I, I requested a code and terminals to give it a go, sent it over, and I've been playing it for the last, like, four or five days, and it is a real interesting game and something I'm really enjoying handheld, but I found that it doesn't work as well on a TV. Um, it's really, really odd. It feels like a really late-age GBA game. It feels like, you know, when they got the technology down to a T and they could just really utilise that technology... It feels like it feels like an expanded late stage GBA game, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, there are like a as with any Dark Souls game, the bosses are difficult; they stick to you. But also, there are ways you can sort of cheese it, and you you if you've played a Dark Souls game, you can immediately see from the environments the way things are set out, ways to sort of cheese things and get around them. Um, also, like if you if you master if you master using one weapon. Like early on, you get a spear. If you get used to using that spear, you can kind of, you can kind of use it to your advantage. Um, but yeah, like all in all, it's, it's a really fun game. There are things that like you can, you can attach. 2D Dark Souls. Yeah, it's essentially yeah. like a 2D top down Dark Souls. Like, top down? Top down. Like a, like a, like a Zelda. Like a Minish Cap. What the hell's a Zelda? Like a, like a Link to the Past. Never heard of Link. Like a, like a Majora's Misk. But yeah, it's um, it's it's kind of fun. Well, I say kind of fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. I really like the way it looks, and I really, really am enjoying playing it handheld. It's one of those um, strange games where playing it that way just seems to work a lot better. When I put it on the TV, it felt felt like things were a bit sluggish, um, and I think that's just because you've got this tiny little sprite on this huge screen, <laughs> and you're moving around, and it it almost it seems like um, it seems like it just wasn't designed to play that way. When you're playing it you're handheld, a bit sluggish. Yeah, I am. But when you're playing it handheld, it just seems to fit a lot better. Oh, wait, what's that joke? Quickly. No, I can't remember. I did oh, the no punchlines. Um, you right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember the joke. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm gonna, I haven't completed it yet. I am gonna complete it because I, I'm a little bit addicted. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just taking a plank, break, taking a plank, taking a break from playing Dark Souls Remastered on the Switch, which I've been fucking loving. I got back into that recently. And I'm really enjoying it, which is kind of why I went for the... Apparently the remaster on PS4 like looks great, plays great, and is 60 frames and all the other shit that, that could be really interesting to see, especially with stuff like Blight Town. Um, and also I'm, I'm able to complete a game relatively quick now, so I'm really enjoying you know, jumping back in on the Switch. A snail walks into the Doctor. Okay. And he says, Doctor, Doctor, I've lost my shell. Okay. And the Doctor says, that's okay, you're just feeling a bit sluggish. As long as the snails aren't the same animal. Fuck off. (laughs) 
Um, I give I give Morbid the seven acolytes. I, I'm going to give it a Matthew McConaughey. It's really really good. I'm really but enjoying. Doctor, it. I'm the slug. <laughs> Um, I'm really enjoying it. It's been really entertaining. And Susan Markey joke has kind of killed my mood. So, and your review. Susan Markey? Yeah. Pagliacci. Pagliacci? The great Count Pagliacci. Oh, right. Doctor, doctor. I feel so depressed, doctor, like I can't doctor, go on no more. Give me the news. Everyone knows the Pagliacci joke. It's classic Alan Moore's, one of Alan Moore's great works. What was that game called? Morbid, morbid, the seven acolytes. Right. Okay. So, you, how long into that review did you mention it so I can find it when I'm? Oh, uh, like three minutes. God's sake! This is our quickest episode for quite a while. Oh God! Right. Star Trek: Next Generation, season three. I'm working my way through Next Generation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Season three is maybe one of the greatest seasons of television ever made. It like the season three of Star Trek: Next Generation is hit after hit after hit. Yeah. Fan. Fantastic series. It has like all time classic episodes like yesterday's Enterprise, the one where um, the Enterprise C comes out through a wormhole time vortex thing and suddenly all the future changes and the Enterprise D is like a darker warship and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, which is a great episode. It's got the offspring where Data creates a daughter. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And like, you know, she lives her life very quickly in one day. Like, you know, she grows quick and then has a cascade failure thing and dies. Mm. Fantastic episode that's like a sort of sequel episode to um, Measure of a Man from season two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, But it's just, yeah, the whole season is just full of these great character-driven episodes. There's maybe like one episode that's a bit wonky where there's like, they go to this planet and there's a terrorist attack and a terrorist kidnaps Beverly Crusher. And it kind of doesn't have anything to say about terrorists, yeah, uh, terrorism, and what drives those things. It just sort of ends up being an episode to have some, uh, you know, shooting going on. But the rest of the series is just like top-notch stuff. You got the, you know, the Borg threat comes up at the end of it. You've got a great Q episode where he's made human, and he has to live on board the ship. And there's an asteroid that's heading towards a planet, a moon is falling towards a planet. Yeah. And the Enterprise has to try and find a way of stopping it crashing into the planet to save all the people on it. And Q turns up and there's this whole frustration where Q could just snap that thing away. And they think Q's done it, but Q can't do anything about it because he is human. He's like actually fully human. Oh, he's become human? Yeah. And in this episode, he's been punished <laughs> for messing around with the humans too much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and he chose a human as his life form because he's, you know, he's familiar. How long will he be human for? It was just for that episode. Oh, right. It's day in the end. Did they say just he learns for one lesson. episode, buddy? He learns a le- okay. lesson. But um, that episode's fantastic, just full of humour. A, a lot of the humour comes through in this series as well. The characters, like, they're much better defined now. Beverly Crush has come back to it, so you've got that one season of Pulaski's gone. Okay. Um, You know, but, you know, things like Yesterday's Enterprise as well, that episode, that serves as, like, a, a better goodbye for Tasha Yar. Because Tasha Yar's episode, a lot of people complain about the way Tasha Yar's killed in season one. Um, because it kind of, because a lot of people go, oh, it's meaningless and it just comes out of nowhere. And it's like 20 minutes into an episode where she gets killed. But to me, that's kind of like the right way to kill off a character in a show like this. Yeah. When you're on a military vessel, like death in war is senseless and comes out of nowhere. It's not going to be, it's not going to be when your soldier has reached the peak of his character arc. Or anything. The best way to do a death is to rob people of the potential of ca- continued involve- involving of the character. Yeah. But then they do this yesterday's Enterprise, which doesn't discount that previous one, but because of the time warp Tasha Yar's brought back, and you get like a little send off for her where she gets to have a heroic finish for her storyline. She goes back with the Enterprise to the past 
to re-establish the timeline, knowing oh, okay. that Enterprise C is going to be destroyed in the process. This is what happened. She to still it. goes back though. Yeah, the Enterprise C got destroyed defending um, a Klingon outpost from Romulans, hmm. um, and it led towards the Klingons and Federation forming a peace treaty. Um, but because this Enterprise C has come through this time warp into the future, that never happened. So now the Enterprise is at war with the um, Klingons and all this sort of stuff, and all was worked out. Different timeline thing, but it all gets fixed at the end, so it's fine. Hmm. But um, that's a great episode. It's 45 minutes of like, it feels like a movie, like it really rushes by and it looks different to other episodes, the lighting's darker and stuff. But um, no, that whole season, just great stuff. And we end with Best of Both Worlds, part one, which is like the most famous Star Trek Next Generation episode there is. Yeah. Where, um, you know, Picard gets assimilated and there's all this plot twist, plot stuff going on with Riker being offered a command of his own ship. Picard gets kidnapped, so Riker ends up being promoted to captain. As far as the Enterprise is concerned, Picard's dead. Um, and that's like that leads into the next season. It's all resolved in the first couple of episodes. You know, you get two episodes to resolve it with. Um, I didn't realise Picard was meant to be dead in there. Well, for, well, he becomes a Borg, so as far as the Federation's concerned. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that's thing. It's like Picard's trauma of becoming a Borg is played out for a couple of episodes in the next series. But the films have made it the crux of everything. And then so did the TV series Picard. They tied that all in. Um, and then at the end of Picard, they turned him into an android. <sighs> oh, yeah, because they made him immortal. But he's not immortal. He said he's going to live out his life the same as you normally would have. But he's already like 90. Instead of going, we cured your disease. They just made him into an <laughs> android. Yeah. Um, but, you know, because that's what Picard always wanted was to become a robotic life form. Famously, that's why he joined the Borg, wasn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what it was, yeah. Um, but no, season three of Next Generation is fantastic. It's where the show really hits its stride. It's just like firing on all cylinders. There's no episodes that are like really ropey, dodgy episodes. No Not space racism. <laughs> um, but season three is just full of great stuff. Um, yeah. I really enjoy it and I would like a season four, please. They should make a season four of Star Trek Next Generation. Well, they are, aren't they? And maybe a five, six and seven. Right. They did because it's the nineties. Yeah, I was going to say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. All oh, right. Yeah. If I was watching Star Trek season three at the time, mm. I would have gone. They should make a season four. Except they already had because we didn't get season three of Star Trek to like a year and a half after it was on in America. Why was that? Because um, we didn't have the internet. Multiple reasons. BBC were just really back then. You just didn't get shows straight away. It was no, there was always like a year or so. Well, they had to post the tapes. Yeah, it took a long time to walk <laughs> them over. Like, <laughs> they didn't have planes. The thing is, is like. Okay, when they showed best, best when they showed next season three and next generation on BBC, yeah, it was like a year and a half behind. But they showed the second part of Best of Both Worlds the same night they showed the first part. So they showed the first episode of season four right at the end of season three, and then they didn't show season four for like another year. Oh, <laughs> they didn't carry it on because they didn't want to leave on a cliffhanger. They just decided to start. Next generation sounds a lot like what they do with the Walking yeah. Dead. Nowadays. But then BBC lost the rights to Star Trek like a year later, and it was on Sky from then on. And Sky started showing it from episode one. Oh, really? So you had a BBC almost catching up. They were like six months behind or something. Yeah. At that point, and then Sky decided let's just start over from episode one. Mm. And they showed them every week, and they churned through the series, but it just made made season I think season 5 didn't start on British TV for like two years after it had been well I think the show had finished in America by the time then Jesus but um yeah but see, season 3 and Next Generation give it a watch the Blu-ray box set keeps going cheap 
every now and again. I've seen full next season seasons. Grab next it. Generation, I've seen it go for as little as about eighty quid, sixty yeah, quid. It's cheap. I think it was on Amazon Prime. It for like fifty quid the other day on really? Black Friday. Oh, that's not bad for the seventy. That's like you know seven seasons. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. I wonder what the encoding's like though, because it might just be a cheaply brushed out. So. No, no, it's the proper Blu-ray remaster, isn't it? They do. Oh. That was a big flashy thing. I did see that I was tempted to buy the original Star Trek movies. Um, I think there's like seven of them. Six of the original Six. films. Yeah. Then four Next Generation films, then three Kelvin timeline films. See, they had the they had ten, so it would have been both the first original series and yeah. all the Kelvin ones. No, because you can't get a box set of all the films. No. But those ten films were going for like twenty five pounds. Yeah, it's usually cheap. Yeah. But I mean I I'm again. I don't know what the remaster's like on those. I don't know what the encoding's like. No, they look all fine. I've, oh. I've seen them in HD. Oh, cool. But um, I've got the DVD versions, though, and I've got the VHSs. I know you do. So cool. You've got the VHS Aliens box. Yeah. You need to chuck that on eBay. Someone's going to buy that. Nah. <laughs> nah. You're keeping it. Yeah, keeping it forever. Yeah. Get buried with it. Yeah, I'm going to keep watching Star Trek, I guess. Well, I mean, what else would you do? What do I do when I get to the end of Season 4, Next Generation? Do I start watching Deep Space Nine... And then alternate between Deep Space Nine and Next Generation, or do I finish Next Generation then start Deep Space Nine? Who knows? Who knows? Because they run concurrent, they run alongside each other. So you got Next Generation and Deep Space Nine run at the same time, and then Deep Space Nine ends, and then the Next Generation ends, or does the Next Generation then Deep Space Nine ends? The Next Generation ends when Deep Space Nine's on season three. Okay, and then Voyager starts the year after. Voyager starts. Okay, and then nothing runs alongside Voyager at the end. Deep Space Nine is Janeway. No, that's Voyager. Voyager's Janeway. Deep Space Nine is... Captain Sisko. <gasps> the guy with a great voice. Yeah. Avery Brooks. <sighs> Sexy man. Who I think is a bit of a nutter. I'm not sure. Is he, he might be. mad? I think he's a bit nutty. Oh. But, um... you got one sexy voice. But he's, a, he's fantastic. I love the way he acts. Loads of people say he's overacting, but I think he's fantastic. Well, he's the Deep Space <laughs> crew, so they're people that are exploring even more unexplored territory. They're not even exploring anything. They're just sat in a space station. Oh, Deep Space Nine is homicide life in the street in space. Oh, I thought that that it's was... It's a crime the... show. Is that the one with Tilik? No. <laughs> Which is the series with Tilik? Who? Oh, wait, maybe it's not Tilik. I think you're thinking of Beat Babylon 5. I'm thinking Babylon 5. Probably. Which is the one with the, with the, with the guy with the weird ears and the wrinkly forehead and the... And they're orange and they've got no hair. Their ears go up like that. And they're traders. They're sneaky. Do you remember? Jews. <laughs> no, one of them recently died and they named a spacecraft after him in the... Um, in, oh, uh, Ferengi. Ferengi, there you go. So, which is a series that has... Is that Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine's got a lot of Ferengi. Yeah, it's got it? the Ferengi. It's yeah, got the, the Ferengi's two- Gene Waddenby's due allegory. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gene Roddenberry, every time, for every every instance you can go, he's Gene real... Roddenberry was like progressive. Yeah, there was also something super regressive going. Oh on. yeah, he's a real J.K. Rowling, mm. except without the progressive part. Yeah, because J.K. Rowling doesn't have any progressive parts. You can be whatever you want to be, it's like unless it's episode. a fucking gay. <laughs> There's one episode of season three where I think there was a a scene cut where. Riker finds a vegetable on this planet that he picks up and it was going to be a long, veiny vegetable. Yeah. And Gene Roddenberry had written it in there, like, without anyone noticing. They're like, no, no. No, no, get rid of that <laughs> veiny one. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Um, all right. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. See, I never... Again, we've had this conversation so many times. I only caught every... Like, I only caught an episode of Star Trek every so often. I wasn't massively interested in Star Trek. Because you're a loser. Only cool kids like Star Trek. 
Yes, that's what it was. I was spending too much time outside and not enough time sitting and watching the telly box. That Star Trek used to be followed by Wayne's World when I was a kid. The TV series of Wayne's World. What? Yeah, Wayne's World used to be a Saturday Night Live, like, 15-minute TV sketch thing. Oh, right. I used to watch it. It used to be shown after um, Star Trek every week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, No, I didn't watch that either. I wonder if they're on YouTube. They're quite good. I used to watch Outer Limits. And Tales from the Crypt. We've had this conversation. We've had this conversation. Loser. Alright, my last review this week is going to be a doozy. Now, I was going to review The Walking Dead, The World Beyond, but it is such a pile of shit. It is so abysmally crap. I can't fucking say anything positive or interesting about it beyond don't fucking watch that useless shit. So I'm going to review Watch Dogs 3. Legion. Or Watch Dogs Legion or is it Watch Dogs 3 Legion? Just Watch Dogs Legion. Is it just Watch Dogs Legion? Okay, mm. Watch Dogs Legion. I've been playing on the PS4 Pro because you can't get a PS5 without donating a kidney to someone who has a lot of money willing to give you that money so you can buy a PS5. Anyway, so this is a game like GTA or... Watch Dogs 1 and 2, I guess. <laughs> okay, so I played the original Watch Dogs. I haven't played Watch Dogs 2. Um, I never got it. Um, I heard great things, but I never, I never purchased it. Um, I did, never played it. Yeah. Um, and Watch Dogs 3 is really interesting. It takes place in London. Yes, okay. There's been a lot said. We are British. We live near London. I've been to London a lot in my life. Um, and no, we don't go around going, Cool, boom, you fucking bunch of a fucking guy, you cop, I could fucking cut, and that's literally the dialogue in this game. Um, oh, except for the robot AI who goes, Oh god, oh no, it seems like I've gone fucking mental. <laughs> so it's just poorly written, poorly acted, but that is besides the point. The game itself is quite fun. The central mechanic is the same as the other watchdogs. You've got Godphone where you can control everything around you and eventually you unlock all kinds of tech skills where you can like fucking have a, like a drone you can stand on and float around the city. You um, can drone surf. Yeah, you can drone surf. Um, and, and it's just like a shooty McShooty game where you go around trying to solve who blew up Parliament or who blew up three buildings in London. There was like a terrorist attack and your group, DedSec, are being blamed for it. And they're, they're like, they're basically saying, oh, these guys are terrorists. And it turns out that it's spoilers, spoilers, it is the organisation that have been brought in to increase the security around London and make it a police state using drones and CCTV cameras that are actually the ones who committed the bombing so they could insert themselves into London to take it over with help from the Clan Kelly, which is a gangster group in London. Is it? Core blimey, is apparently. run by Craig Fairbrass. Yeah, maybe so. I don't fucking know. Um, yeah, so... Is Craig Fairbrass in the getaway? I feel like he was. Yeah, probably. Isn't he the one who always does those Rise of the Foot Soldier films? Yeah, fucking... Is yeah. he a weirdo? Probably. He he's seems like a weirdo. Or he's yeah. just found his niche and he's just fucking sticking to it. Yeah. Football hooligan movies. It's like a whole thing, isn't it? Yeah. People are proud British of British cinema's practically just football hooligan movies now. Yeah, and cheap horror movies. There's some good cheap horror <sighs> movies in British cinema. There's not. There's no good ones. Dog Soldier's getting a sequel. They've been saying that for the last 18 years, though. Um... So yeah, so when it comes to when it comes to Watch Dogs, the actual storyline itself is pretty tedious. It's not that fun to play the main storyline. The fun lies in going around the place and fucking with people's stuff with your magic mobile phone. 
And like, what's really interesting is they give you one of the best things to play with straight away. And that's with, you can hack into someone's car and control their car with your phone. So you can like make it drive forward or backwards, left or right using just your phone. And the amount of time in this game that instead of doing the main mission, I've just taken cars and repeatedly rammed them into buses and stuff to make like big pile up explosions of all these cars. Cause you just, you hack into the car and you go, uh, oh no, <laughs> straight into another car. But like there are the people in the car scream. No, they just, they, sometimes they get out and sometimes they're uh, just trapped in there. So if you drive a San Francisco and you jumped into a car, the passenger would start like freaking out. Yeah. Because like, because they just like they jump into the car. And if you carry on driving normally, no, keep don't having you a conversation. jump into the personality in the yeah, car. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're driving along, and the person, like, is there someone in the passenger seat? They'll be having a normal conversation. Yeah. And the moment you hit the accelerator, they're like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> like, that uh, game was really good. Yeah, no one played it. No, they didn't. Two people maybe played with it. Yeah. Um, me, me, and you. What <laughs> 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 played it for? Um, but yeah, like, so the game itself, the the central mechanics are still really strong. The ideas behind it, like. The actual hacking stuff seems to have gone even less focused. So, you know, like, the first game, a lot of people complained there was just, like, tons of icons. So when you went in to actually hack something, it was kind of hard to focus on what you wanted to do. It's exactly the same. Yeah, that's the one thing people complained about in the first game and not, like, everything. I said one of the things. (laughs) There were many things. We can acknowledge that. Um, In this one, it's exactly the same issue. Make sure you vault over the gravestone of your dead nephew. (laughs) He's in this one. There's like DLC or something. Is he? Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. back again. Aiden. Aiden Pierce. With his iconic Pierce. hat. Yeah. 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 What's interesting about this game is that all your weapons are like tasers, basically. You've got like taser bullets and stuff. You don't have like you you can you can get a builder on your team and the builder comes with a nail gun, which I think doesn't pacify people. <laughs> like the electric gun. You can kill someone with a nail gun. <laughs> yeah. You can't, not in real life. When you what? press a nail gun against someone, there's a safety mechanism that stops it firing. No, there isn't. Anne. There is nail guns. You can't fire them into because someone's skin. No, there is. There you can. You can't quite easily. In fact, that thing that stops you from launching a nail out at high velocity. It's similar to the thing that they do on buzz saws, where you can shove your hand into a buzz saw and it'll stop instantly. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does not. Trust me, I tried shooting a lot of people <laughs> with nail guns. So, um, so yeah, so like the game itself is kind of dog shit, but like the mechanics in it are fun, and the storyline is dog shit. But the mechanics in it are fun. And like some of the missions where you're shooting people are really dog shit, but some of the mechanics behind it are fun. And I just, you know, it's fun to control a spider bot, but you can do that in a ton of other games. <laughs> just like control little vehicles and stuff. It's always a spider bot. <laughs> but um, it's just, it's weird that it's, you know, it's weird. As a game, as a concept, it's weird. And... I don't really think they thought about it as much as they're saying they did. I think that they got the idea that if you could recruit anyone, that would be a fun idea and like a fun way to play the game. But they didn't really go any further with it. They were just like, oh, we'll set it in London. This is London. London looks nice. And it's really interesting driving around because it's like a condensed version of London. So it's is not it all wet there. all the time. Pardon? Is it wet all sometimes. the time? Sometimes. Sometimes. Do you get wet. stabbed? No. Oh. Um, it's really interesting they've recreated London because you can kind of recognise some parts and then other parts are just they're just obviously facsimiles of other areas all put together. Um, the actual like, like I said, driving's fine, but none of the roads in London are really designed for you to high speed chase around the place. They're not designed for you to drive around. No, <laughs> fucking London. There's no traffic, which is weird. Like you're occasionally. Oh, it's usually like... not traffic in London. It's just a nightmare to drive around. Yeah. Um, 
But it's it's an interesting game. It's just not very good. I only paid 30 quid for it. And it comes with a PS5 upgrade. So once I got my PS5 from those group of scalpers... Um, I told you I could have got you one in CEX the other day. It was 815 I'm quid. I'm not spending 815 quid. The most I'll spend is £450, if that. There will be them online in the next couple of months and they'll be going for like 400 350 quid. Because they won't retain their value. Consoles never do, because once they ramp up production, now that COVID-19's been destroyed mostly in China and places like that where they're actually made, <laughs> it's not going to be an issue anymore. It's only now that scalpers have so many, and their stock's going to devalue by the week. That's the funny thing about all this. Scalpers are fucking stupid. Because whereas sneakers have limited runs where they only make 500... The thing is, they will sell them. Really? Yeah. People will pay that much. If you've got 20 consoles and you're charging an excessive amount for them, there's going to be 20 people who are rich enough to just buy them and not think about it. Yeah. That's true. Fucking idiots. Kanye West will buy one. Yeah, probably. That's where he'll get his PS5 from. He'll buy one from a scalper. He'll be like, yo, yo, listen, listen, Taylor Swift's PS5 is tight, but Beyonce has the best PS5. That's after he's made 30 calls to Sony trying to get him to send him one. Yo, Sony, I'm the Presidente of the UASA. Yeah, it's President Yeezy here. Yeah, President Yeezy. How about hooking me up with a PS his quintuple? Even, his friend's not even president anymore. What's he going to do? No. Yeah, he's going to be real upset. No. Because apparently slavery didn't happen, or at least it wasn't as bad as they said it was. And it's slavery, the idea of which, that is keeping the black man down. Not the fact that systemic oppression has existed in America for the last 100 years, meaning that at no point have there actually been equal rights except for now when we can make the decision to make it equal to be, regardless of the colour of your skin. Disproportionate amount of black people go to prison for crimes that white people commit and get let off. And the prison system in America is fucking broken The thing anyway. is, is that you can make arguments that, uh, you know, there's a lot of oppressive stuff in, in uh, America towards black people, but the fact Kanye West is extremely successful kind of makes it feel a little bit like, you know, he's breaking the rules. Like he's some sort of there's some sort of dark money behind him making him super <laughs> successful. The Illuminati. And it makes it look like that's like not Jay-Z, a thing. Like Jay Z. Yeah, it makes it look yeah. like there isn't oppression because if Kanye West can be successful, exactly, then anyone can be successful. Yeah. Yeah, they just you know need to be a psychopath. He's a simpleton. He is, isn't he? But he's a psychopath. He's a. He's, a, he's well, he's not a psychopath. That's wrong. I feel bad now because I've realised that he does have mental illness. He's got borderline personality, isn't he? He has borderline personality disorder, which is why he has manic, manic and, and, and manic moments where his mood will fluctuate wildly. Like that's one of the things that I think was most evident from his Twitter. President, <laughs> yeah, I know. He he his Twitter, like you can chart his his sort of not his decline because it's the wrong term. People with mental illness can live perfectly fine lives. I mean, look at me, I'm I'm kind of alive. Um, but no, you can you can sort of see from his tweets and the way that he acts when he's going for a manic manic stage because just furiously, constantly throwing stuff out there, all like, I'm the best, I'm doing the best, I'm doing the best I've ever been, I'm, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling fantastic. The next day he might wake up feeling worse than he's ever felt in his life, be completely silent for a day. Then the day after he might go back to having a manic episode where he's like super excited, he's off his meds and then suddenly the episodes get longer or they get more frequent or they get more regular, like 101 different things can happen you can never really... Just like President Trump does. Well, President Trump is a fucking moron. He's a moron. He's a rapist. The problem is, Kanye West isn't a rapist. He isn't. He isn't a murderer. He isn't like some fucking. He's just someone who has believed a liar, and that's unfortunate because he's a person with a voice. 
Donald Trump is a moron. Like, he's literally a moron. He doesn't understand anything. His money has all come from the fact that he started with a lot of money. He's saying he doesn't understand anything. He doesn't want to understand anything. He well, doesn't yeah, want to understand anything that isn't, doesn't benefit him. Well, he's literally been coddled his whole life. He has never lived a day in his life. He has always been like looked after and pampered. And you can tell because he can't even fucking move. You see Joe Biden. Joe Biden can walk. Donald Trump doesn't walk. He's sort of just like hunched back, barely fucking Look, taking Look, man, steps. that ramp was wet. It was oh, yeah. very steep angle. Oh, God. Can we have, can we elect the ramp? To be fair, have you seen the elevated heels on his boots? Really? On Trump's shoes? No. Because he's got that weird posture thing, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. And his heels are elevated to well, try and correct his posture. He's six foot four and he hunched his whole life. Yeah. He's fucked his back. Like, if you got that elevated heels, then walking down any ramp's going to feel super That's steep. That's true. That is true. You know? And also, you've got to ask, really, you've got to ask the master of, of perverted sexual deviants who focus on children, Gary Glitter, about got, how he's got thought. an idea. Yeah. Trump yeah. on gladiators. Have him getting chased around the assault course by Wolf. Are they the same age? Probably. Let's get... They might actually be the same age. Yeah. But yeah. let's get him running up the travelator. Yeah. It's just in his shoes. With his he walks like fucking... He walks like fucking Gomez from... Not Gomez, uh, like fucking Fester from Adam's Family. Don't be mean to Uncle Fester. No, that's true. Christopher Lloyd played Uncle Fester. Yeah. He did that on purpose, whereas Donald Trump's just got a debilitating back issue because he's a fucking lazy cunt. All right, Ant, uh, your review. I finished my review. Is that your last one? Yeah. Watchdogs. Oh, yeah, Watchdogs. Yeah, don't don't buy it unless you can get it for like 30 quid. If you can get it for 30 quid, yeah, give it a go because it's kind of fun. But the actual storyline is dog shit. There's not really enough of a game here at, at all. I know I've said that about Jude 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 Granny. Yeah, you, you, you can you get her missions and then you get to play and run around as her. Like you basically, you when you run recruit, around when you recruit someone, as a granny, yeah. When you recruit someone, you basically have like a set mission that you have to do for them. Like someone might have gambling debts, and then when you go wipe out the machines that, that the the gang are using to monitor their debts and shit like that, and then they'll come on board. And like, and there's like a really weird, there's like a really weird technology thing they keep using where you do AI reconstruction. You know, like the division, we go in certain areas, and they're like, oh, we're just oh, going to yeah. show you in the heads up what happened. In this, they do that, but there's no, like, AR cameras and stuff that are projecting the image. It's just like, we're going to show you what happened. It's like, there's no technology to explain how this technology exists. It's got in the contact lenses. He's not wearing contact lenses. How do you know? Did you zoom in? <laughs> right, I need to zoom in and check the contact. But yeah, it's just... No, it's... the person floating behind the character you're controlling. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, the camera had the contact there's lenses. There's a guy who floats around behind the yeah. player. Like, <laughs> a, like in Super Mario 64. That's how all games work. Oh, right. There's always... You, you've got a character you're controlling. Is this a hidden Nintendo but game? But you're seeing things through the eyes of someone who's silently floating behind you. What was that you. guy's name? Luke... 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 Lakitu. Lakitu. It's not him, though. He's holding a camera. Oh, right. Shit. But just think every game, like God of War, yeah. there's some dude just floating around behind him silently. You know, did Metal you ever, Gear Solid, he's like floating around above him looking down. Did you ever down. play Fallout 4? No, because the last ones were shit. All oh, right, in Fallout Four there is a train system, right? And there's like a mission where you you start the the railroad. Yeah, and they didn't. I don't know if it's Fallout Three or Fallout Four, but one of them they have a train. Yeah, Fallout Three, the trains are just ha- um, yeah, hats. Yeah, the trains are hats. Yeah, <laughs> on top of people's heads. Yeah, <laughs> secret Nintendo game. But yeah, Watch Dogs Legion. Um, you can get that hat in Mario Odyssey. Yeah, Watch Dogs <laughs> Legion. 
Um, it's not great. It's really not great. I mean, I've seen people say that technically it looks quite quite nice on the PS5, and like mm-hmm. it's got ray tracing and stuff like that on that console, and it probably looks really nice. But it's got the ray tracing on Series S as well. Like most games, cut the ray tracing from Series S versions. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's just it it doesn't it doesn't feel like anything in there is particularly. <sighs> I don't think that they 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 really developed the idea as. They sort of developed one concept and they, and they created a story around that and they didn't really make the story interesting enough. And it doesn't really go far enough with the whole technology aspect either. It just sort of sits on this fine line of like, oh yeah, there's future stuff, but there's not tons of future stuff, but there's some future stuff. Future stuff. I wish that they had like, future kids. <laughs> I wish they'd gone all out and they just had it. So like, they're like, oh yeah, we've got rid of police so you can just shoot up robots. Because we don't need the police, because Albion have taken over, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, set in the near future. Yeah, well, they've got fucking flying drones you can stand on, and fucking AR tech that brings up complete VR reconstructions without any cameras or lighting system. You're telling me that I can't? They've got stand cars on so you drone. can control your mobile fucking phone. They've got drone cars driving around the place. You can get and they take you to a place, like. They've got AI piloted because cars. Because this post-Brexit Britain's kicked out all the taxi drivers. <laughs> all small businesses are destroyed. Mm. Everything is actually owned by Albion. There's no corner shops anymore. There's no corners. Got rid of corners. Actually, that's a fair point. I don't think I saw any corner shops. Mm. That's a staple of London. How else do you get boozy at two in the morning if you can't find a fucking 24-hour cash and carry? Oh, man. In six weeks, Rudy Giuliani has been... Caught with his hands down his trousers yep. in a Borat movie. He melted on screen. Yeah, he melted on screen. Yeah. <laughs> Leaked. Like Papa Shango was cursing him. Yeah. And fucking, Did you see the video of that bre- woman? He had his like, conference call. He has his little conference outside the um, Four oh, Seasons. Yeah, yeah, the Four Seasons garage. <laughs> yeah, landscaping. And now he's got COVID. So. Did you did you not see what happened the other day? <laughs> so there's some mad woman. I saw him, heard, saw him fart on Yeah, court. he was he was farting constantly in court and there was some mad woman that he had brought on as a star witness yeah. and she was like, I know they've been falsifying balance. I saw it happen. It was like, turns out she doesn't work for the, or she does work, but she wasn't counting. Mm. She was actually standing like six feet away with the other people watching it count. And then she was like, I saw it happen. I saw them take Republican ballots. And like during the thing, he's like trying to get her to calm down and, and be quiet. But she's just raving like a fucking lunatic. Mm. It's incredible. And he's like, this is my star witness. <laughs> it's, like, it's like if you've got a fucking homeless bloke from outside coming and go, go, now tell us what you said about the lizard people. <laughs> get on it, love. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. Anyway, your review. Oh, um, I give this. Oh, I don't really know what to give it because it's just. Like I said, I, I'm not enjoying it as much as I'd like to enjoy. I, I actually kind of like the first Watch Dogs a lot because it felt like a big, expensive area, and like it was the first time you had that tech where you could do stuff oh. with your phone. But because they just haven't refined the, because you keep like sometimes you'll intend to go and go and like fucking put the barriers up somewhere, and instead you'll actually be like focusing on someone's mobile phone, and it'll be trying to get you to um, to distract a person in the distance. You're like. Why the fuck would I want to do that? Just so I can run down a random stranger. No, I want to do the fucking barriers so the people chasing me can't chase me. You the bollards. Yeah, bollards. Yeah, you love the bollards. Yeah. But like, 
It's just little stuff like... You can your over it, I mean, crouch mode, then raise the bollard. There are so many... <laughs> there are so many really stupid, like, shootout locations where they put, like, barriers up so you can't get cars in there, which I get, because, like, as soon as you introduce a car to a small shooting gallery, you, the, the possibilities of being able to do something oh, increase. You get cars driving through <coughs> your battles in Yakuza 7. Really? Yeah, junior turn-based <coughs> battles. You can knock people into passing cars. Oh, that's awesome. In this, you can't In drive judgment, a- you can punch someone into a car and the car door open and the person gets dragged into the cars and it's the accuser <laughs> and they're driving off with the guy with their arm around him. Nice. <laughs> In this, you can't really get cars into the arenas where you end up having your shootouts with people. Hmm. And like, I can imagine how great it would be if they had more open areas like construction sites and stuff where you could fucking bomb a car in, run a few people down, and then as you're travelling through the construction place trying to get places, you could have your app on your phone pushing the car forward mm. so you could use that as a new barrier to hide behind and get advantage from people. Mm. Like There are loads of mechanics where this could really fucking work and really, be really interesting and they just haven't used their imagination. They've got London, anyone is an agent. Yeah! Now let's get a story together and they've apparently they there are um, I know that I know that not many people are reporting on this because Watch Dogs hasn't been it's as successful as the one. controls the gammon and the moment you start running you have a heart attack and die. Should have eaten so much pork. <laughs> but no, there's uh there are like all the Scotch egg, mate. <laughs> Sixteen points in the Scotch egg. <laughs> there are there there's been a bit of a controversy around the game because there was someone who was hired to play one of the radio hosts and it turns out she she's super transphobic. Yeah. Yeah. But that just seems to keep happening. Like well, just... that guy from Dragon Age isn't going to be in any more Dragon Age games now. The one who voiced is Cullen. Oh, didn't he touch kids? No, no. He's he, he's like another one who's um, super transphobic, claiming he's being cancelled and all this sort of stuff. Oh God, he's a lot Trump Fox. and stuff and yeah, all this sort of thing. Fuck. Yeah, but because um, he commented on the two Bioware guys you left. Yeah, and one replied back said, "I think you're fine. You're probably not going to be involved in Dragon Age Day that's coming up soon. So uh... <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Yeah, it's just fucking weird. Like, I don't get it. Milkshake ducks, man. Yeah. It's it's life now, isn't it? They suddenly get the idea that they need to <laughs> have Everyone loves milkshake duck. We will get to inform you the duck is racist. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic tweet. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's hard to recommend. I'm not going to recommend it to everyone. I think if you like Watch Dogs 1 and 2, you'll probably find something to enjoy here, but... They just haven't refined the experience enough. They just haven't done enough to, to refine it. Like, I'm sure if it looks pretty and, you know, everything else, they're probably happier. But I think that maybe focus on the gameplay a lot more than the looks. You know, try and be more imaginative. Ubisoft game. They have, like, 7 billion studios just doing the art for these things. I know. And they're not imaginative enough. They're not interesting enough in terms of what they do. Like, just make it so that you can... Like, didn't Ubisoft make make uh, Red Faction? No, it's THQ. Is it THQ? No. Don't they? Aren't they owned by Ubisoft at this point? No, Red Faction is owned by um, Deep T- Silver now. Is it? Yeah. Oh, cool. They bought practically everything. Yeah, yeah, they did. THQ, I didn't they? It's weird how Deep Silver are doing so well. Did you see Man Eaters coming to the Switch? What? You know, Man Eater, the Shark RPG. Oh, it's coming to the Switch in December. Well, yeah. it's now it's December, but yeah, yeah it's the PS2 to- Jaws game. Oh yeah, Jaws Unleashed. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one that they made? There was another Jaws game. I think it might have been PS3 or Xbox 360. Can't I didn't play it. Uh, when are they going to bring Rambo back? That Rambo game that's on PS3. <laughs> the point and click. No, it was a light gun game, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of. What well, became a point and click? It was released on PC. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like Watch Dogs, I mean, middle of the line. It's it's a fucking Bill Nye does a lot of shit, does some good stuff. Was in every American blockbuster yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for like three years. It's like a 50-50 split on good and bad films with Bill Nye. I mean, he was in Underworld, but he was also in Underworld Rise of the Lycans. In Total Recall, he made he was in He was in Total Recall, but he was also in... in... Do you know that in Total Recall where they fall down into the London that's underground? Yeah. And there's like, how do you know it's London? Oh, look, there's a red phone booth and a, a British I, red was, bus there was and some one, black taxi cabs. There was one thing I really liked in um, the new Total Recall, and that was the phone thing where he was like, where he's like, don't you realise where your phone is? And he's like, what? And it's just an implant in his hand that you can call and stuff on and like use it to pay for shit and stuff like that. And he goes and gets a knife and just drags the entirety of it out of his hand. I was like, ooh, cool. I like this. Yeah. Stupid ideas, but there you go. The film sucks ass. It does, yeah. Big old pile of bollocks. Also, it doesn't it make the ending less ambiguous. It just like yeah. it's like a shot. It's screen. halfway through the film. It freaking makes it less ambiguous. Yeah, like. But then there's the whole finale. Is uh, what is it? Thingy Breaking Bad's making robots in Australia, and he wants to send them through a tube to London to take over London. Yeah, but they're gonna ride a tube to Australia to stop the robots in the factory or something. No, the fact they're being built in London yeah. and sent to Australia so they can be sent through the tube thing to London to invade London because Colin Farrell works at the factory in Britain <laughs> where the robots what? are being made, but they're being made by the Australian guy. One sec, one sec. Let's start from the beginning. John Cho. Because <laughs> the headquarters is in Australia. Yeah. So why didn't he, he wants to send the robots from Australia to London to invade London. It's not a good film, is it? Instead of just waking the robots up in the factory they've got in London. Doesn't it also turn out that Breaking Bad was posing as the leader of the resistance? So it's all bollocks. But Bill Nighy was the one who was pretending to be the leader, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bad film. Colin Farrell was pretty good, though. It's Quarto. Quarto. That Fright Night remake was all right. Open your eyes. Did you ever watch Fright Night? Yeah. The remake. Yeah. Well, the one with David Tennant. Yeah. It's yeah, all right. It was right. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Had that really good scene where um, where okay. Colin Farrell is pretending not to know that, he, that Anton Yochin's in his house. Yeah. And Anton Yochin helps that woman out the front door. And she just catches fire. And then it just cuts to Colin Farrell in his kitchen eating an apple. Just like, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Such a prick. Such a really good film. Has a, has a really good cameo by um, the guy who played the original... The original um, vampire, Chris, not Columbus. Chris Columbus is a director. He is, yeah. But no, it's the guy, He's he's been in a bunch of stuff, I can't remember his name. Your review, Ant, he played Jack Skellington's voice when he wasn't singing. No. Oh. Anyway. Chris Hansen. So what am I going to review? Oh, nice stuff. Yeah. Let's review possibly one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Kaiketsu Zubato. Kaiketsu Zubat. Um, this is a mid-70s tokusatsu show responsible for all sorts of stuff heavily influential but only certain people you know it's one of those things where like you'll be able to see what it has influenced if you watched it but you probably know the stuff it influenced a lot more so anyway show goes like this Zubat his best mate gets killed and his aim is to find out who of this evil organisation called Decker killed him right and so every week he travels to a town yep. and someone's getting abused, probably children or women, like people are getting beaten or towns being poisoned, some shit like that. And there'll be some sort of general and the general will have some sort of ability. For example, these aren't 
major abilities you'd expect some sort of general to have. It'll be stuff like, um, I'm really good at throwing, like, scented sticks, or I can throw boomerangs really well, or I'm really good at archery, or I'm good with chef's knives, things like that. And he'll be like, I'm the best, let's say I'm the best boomerang thrower in the world. And Zubat will come along and he'll go, you're only the second best. And he points his hat up and he goes, who's the best? And Zubat will point to himself with his farm and smile, because Zubat's the best mm. at doing all these things. Not this general claiming to be the best. And then they'll have a test of skill. And then the episode will carry on. Someone will get beaten. Zubat will turn up in his special super suit. No one knows that Ken Hayakawa is Zubat. And then he beats him up and they takes in and he grabs the bad guy and he's like, Where were you on February second? Did you kill Goro Asuka? And the guy will go, No, I was in like San Paulo or some shit. And every week Zubat's like, Yeah, okay, sure, I believe that. And then he just leaves him arrested. Every episode is the same. Like there's there's thirty two episodes or something. And every single episode has the exact same f- format. And it's fantastic. It is the greatest thing you'll ever see. Mm. Um, it's full of Sergio Leone Western's tropes. It's like, friggin' everything is played super serious, uh, but it is ridiculous at the same time. Like when he does the boomerang challenge, and the guy's the greatest boomerang for the world, and he throws the boomerang, and it hits a sign, and the sign splits in half, and lands on the floor, and the guy catches the boomerang. He's like, haha, beat that then, Ken Hayakawa. And he takes the boomerang and he throws it and he picks the two pieces of the sign up, puts them back on the wall where the sign was before. The boomerang flings around and clips the belts of a whole bunch of goons and then Ken whistles and their trousers fall down. That's the sort of brilliant stuff this show will bring to you. Um, I love that one. That one's fucking amazing. Um, there's one episode that's really messed up where like the villains have made super rabies and they give it to this kid's dog. And the kid gets bitten by the dog and his dad's a doctor and his dad's reaction is instantly to grab his shotgun and kill the kid because he's like, well, there's no cure for rabies. So, you know, the kid's as good as dead. So he wants to end his suffering. And the show, like, forgets that plot because <laughs> he, he's about to shoot his kid and Ken shows up and he's like, no, don't do this. That's, like, really stupid, like, messed up, man. Don't kill your kid. And then like the villains turn up and we get the whole bit where he disappears and everyone thinks Ken Hayakama's dead because he does it every week. And then Zubat shows up and Zubat saves the day. And then the kid's like, after Zubat saves the day and he's gone, the kid's going, Ken Hayakawa! Because that's the guy, you, mm. you know, they know and they scream for him. Someone shouts for him at the end of almost every episode. Um, and there's no mention of whether the kid did actually have the super rabies. He just, he'd been bitten, but we hadn't confirmed he had it. The dad was going to kill him before he found out if he had it, um, or if they found a cure for the super rabies, or what's going to happen to the kid, because um, he had super rabies and has been left with his dad who was going to kill him. Um, episode just ends, just carries on. That's great stuff. Um, yeah, that was a bit that's a bit strange, that one. But, um, oh, one episode early on. There's a guy, he's running out, and he goes, Have you seen this girl? My daughter, I'm looking for I'm looking for this girl. Have you seen her? And he's harassing this kid. And he goes, No, leave me alone, mister. And he's like, No, tell me, have you seen this girl? And she says, She's over there. And you see a girl on a boat playing with a balloon, and the boat blows up, and there's a little kid doll in it that goes flying into the air. <laughs> it's just like, amazing. And that's like the start of the episode. It freeze frames on his face with the title for the episode. It's just like, fuck, you know. Like the show just goes. Is this, this the one that I saw the other day where you had someone who um, who got pushed down a hill 
And instead of it just being someone like rolling down a hill, it's just a dummy that goes oh, yeah, yeah. through the Do, air. Kent Hayakama has the amazing ability to turn into a dummy yeah. every time. There's some, sometimes he catches wind and he sort of drifts as he falls, <laughs> which is fantastic. <coughs> um, that, that, yeah, they, they use dummies liberally in this show. Too right. Like, there's probably about seven or eight episodes that have a good dummy going off the edge of a cliff moment. One of Ken Hayakama's major famous tricks is to be shot a lot and then fall off of something, and everyone thinks he's dead. Yeah. Somehow he rarely has much... Like, getting shot for Ken seems to be the equivalent of um, maybe having some balls thrown at you or something. You Like, he might hurt, he might get bruised a bit, but he's soon able to get back to being Zubat. Um, Zubat's like got this red costume and he's got a flying car and stuff. Oh, I assumed he was just a Pokemon. No, no, that's Zubat's name in Pokemon comes from this. There's a reference to this. Um, I tell you, it influenced everything. Like, friggin' Fist of the North Star is influenced by Zubat. By Kaketsu Zubatu. But, um, yeah, his costume, like, will kill him if he wears it too long. It's that Ultraman timer thing, isn't it? Similar thing to that, where it's like, oh, we can't use it for too long. Never actually blows him up or anything or blows anyone up. Um, but like the costume and the flying car is quite clearly there because they were making a show in the 70s and the studio was like, we need to be able to sell toys, put some toys in this show. Because there's nothing Zubat does that Ken can do. Like if Ken's so amazing at throwing like scented sticks at people and pinning people to walls with them, as he does show in one of the later episodes, um, he'd be able to beat some people with a whip thing, with a cross. Yeah. Um, naturally, the person who actually did ask Kilaska Goro doesn't turn up to the last episode, so... Wait, so he has, like, a cross whip, like the New Castlevania? Yeah, he's got a red cross oh, okay. with a whip in it. Yeah. And he whips people. So, like the New Castlevania, yeah. yeah. And he turns up in his fights, and everyone's like, who's that? And he's like, Zubat-sanjo, Zubat-okay-kits. And it's, um, yeah, he's just a magnificent Zubat. But, um, yeah, I love the show. It's kind of it's amazing. Like, it's the sort of thing that if Quentin Tarantino had seen it, which he probably has... He'd be wanting to make a movie of it, and it'd be incredibly just referential to 70s action cinema. That's the sort of thing he'd do. It's great. His costume turns white during the series. For the second half of the series, his famous black-red leather... His leather trousers, red shirt, leather waistcoat, and he's got a leather hat, and it and all the leather turns white in the second half of the series, and I don't know why, if it's meant to signify something. The episode it happens in seems to think it signifies something, because they introduce him, like, he's got a black cape over him, and then he reveals his white costume, and it's like this big moment, but I don't know what it was meant to signify or what had happened that had caused him to change to wearing white, but I'm all for it, because it was a great moment. <laughs> it's fair enough. The first episode has him shooting at a kid, because <laughs> the villain's like, I'm the best shooter, best shooter in the world, and he's like, I'm the best shooter in the world. This already sounds like the best best series ever. Yeah, just the things where it's just like, it's a shame you're only the second best, and he's like, but yeah, Koketsu Zoo Batman, if you want some crazy fucking show to watch from the 70s, I mean, definitely watch it. Here's the thing, I got 30 odd episodes through this show before I realised that the lead actor, Hiroshi Miyauchi, who plays Ken, is also in Shuriki Sentai O-Ranger as their commander, which is a show I was watching at the exact same time. Um, and I didn't put the two and two together at any point. I didn't notice it's the same guy. <laughs> I should have known that. Um, and Zubat was so successful, 
And the series of Super Sentai that was on the same time, Jacka, was so unsuccessful that the moment they finished filming Zubat, they dragged Hayoshi Miyauchi from that back into Super Sentai because he was in the previous series okay. and made him the leader of the team. And I'm convinced that his character, Big One, who turns up for the last 12 episodes of Jacka, mm. um, I'm convinced he was the reason Tommy took over the Power Rangers in season two of Power Rangers because it's the same thing. White Ranger turns up and the leader's just like, oh, here's the White Ranger. He's the new leader of the team. Well, the problem is that they fucking, they knew they were onto something with the White Ranger in the first place because the design was so much better. That's from Die Rangers, different series. Yeah. But this White Ranger in Jacker is, um, because it's all playing card theme, that series. He's got like a rainbow visor on his head and he wears like a white suit with a white hat because he's Ken Hayakama and that's what he wears now. He turns up in um, Spider-Man, the Spider-Man series that was on the following year after Jacker. He oh, plays right. a detective in two episodes of that Japanese series. Spider-Man. Yeah. He plays a detective in two episodes and basically wears the exact same costume from Zubat, except he's got a poncho on now. And it's like the same. Everyone knows him as that guy who wears, who dresses like a Western character, like a dandy in the West. Uh, he also carries a guitar and um, his guitar has his costume in it. But you only see that in the intro sequence. I think it never turns up during the show. And uh, I don't his car flies. He, he, he'll be captured and a woman or a child will be getting beaten. And then the moment the villains take their eyes off him for like half a second, he's escaped. And by the sixth or seventh episode in a row where that happens, you start to think, you could have got out of those cuffs at any time, Ken. You just stood there and watched a child getting beaten. <laughs> <laughs> just so you could get out of the cuffs, disappear go all the way across town in, like, two seconds, change into your Zubat costume, come driving back, take off with your car to fly it the rest of the way, and then he jumps off and swings through a window or something with his rope whip. Yeah. Every episode. Like, it, it's honestly about 12 episodes in before a child or a woman isn't beaten in an episode. And it does get a little bit uncomfortable after a while. But at the same time, it goes past that point where you should be really horrified by it. To the point where it just becomes another hilarious thing this show does. It just another it just adds on to the fucking insanity. Yeah. It honestly <coughs> like if you if someone could remake this show and keep it exactly the same sort of goofiness, mm. nowadays people would just be bored of it two episodes in, but it's fantastic. Like there's maybe two episodes that don't follow the regular format, but they still manage to get all those tropes in somewhere. They just maybe do them in a different order. But um yeah, such a good show. Kaiketsu Zubat obscure as fuck character like mm. um clearly influenced like the wandering hero stuff that japan loves the stuff like fist of the north star because there's a weird thing in the show where even though it's set in modern well modern 1970s tokyo japan and everything yeah it feels a bit like fist of the north star where every single town he goes to has been taken over by some criminal organization with eccentric leaders but that's cool isn't it that's a lot yeah. more interesting than something like fucking power rangers where there always seems to be a square void devoid of people where they can have like a big fight and then when they're in big Fucking mess. There's always people around. around. They've run away. Yeah, I know, but it's just always yeah. like two or three people. But if it's something where like the town feels more like hearkening back to your to the Mandalorian. It feels a bit more like the Mandalorian. I'll say Mandalorian's influenced by Zuba. Maybe it is. Maybe yeah. it is. That's there you <laughs> yeah. go. Connecting the connecting, He's a masked hero. Connecting those dots. Yeah. Yeah, from column A to column fuck. It's a great show. <laughs> it sounds it sounds really interesting. Like like I said, I love the dummy shit. Like and also, I love the fact that oh, I fucking it love knows about it. It knows it's, it's tongue-in-cheek. It's having yeah. a laugh. Yeah, it knows yeah. what it's doing. That Hiroshi Mirachi is like some sort of legend, man. He's he's 
he nowadays he doesn't do much nowadays. He I think he turned up in an episode of Tokusatsu Ga Ga Ga, which is a um it's a Japanese show about a woman. It's like a drama, mm. but she's a woman who um is obsessed with Tokusatsu shows and she keeps it secret from her co-workers oh. and fantasizes about them. And he turns up as an episode as like a shopkeeper she sees. And she's like, uh, he looks familiar. That's weird. Um, but apparently it's quite a good show that I've yeah. watched it. It sounds like, it sounds like Upper Decks, doesn't it? Upper Deck, you're an Upper Lower Decks. But, um, no, Zubat. I'm yeah. definitely saying, check it out. Because it's fun. And I like it when he plays his song, which isn't even his own song. It's a cover. That's the thing. Zubat is like, you know, when a band only has one song. Yeah. But it's a really good song. Like, every album is just that same song over and over again. That's what Zubat is. It's an ACDC album, but, like, if ACDC were good. ACDC are right. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. They've it's just, some, just some good I albums. challenge you to listen to more than three of their songs in a row. Well, no, I like... Well, I had their greatest I, hits. So, so um, you got Thunderstruck, Back in Black. You've got Who Made same Who. Song. Same song. Who Made Who. No, Who Made they're Who. They're all the same song. Um, shake the foundations. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Shake them to the. You got big brass balls. I bet I could get an ACDC album, put the same four tracks on it, repeated in different orders, and no one would notice. I would because I was <laughs> raised on ACDC. Sadly, that was like, oh, you shook me all night long is a great song. There's loads of really good ACDC songs. What are you fucking talking about? Um, Even ACDC admit they've only got one song. No, they've got like they've got like seven. Like two. <laughs> No, they got seven. They got seven. I could name seven, seven more ACDC songs. Like Tool, um, they've only got one album. They well, just yeah. keep doing the same album for the past six albums. No, I'd say probably more accurate. Airborne have one song. Yeah, <laughs> and it's an ACDC. It's song. an ACDC <laughs> song. So I tell you that Avengers game when you get the music and you're blasting your way through the like the techno canyon mm. as Iron Man and it starts playing heavy rock music and I was like Airborne. <laughs> That's what we'd do with that game when it they'd get an airborne song like this and not ACDC. ACDC. <laughs> they'd be like airborne. <laughs> Wolf Mother. <coughs> oh god, yes. Oh no, actually Wolf Mother are alright. Because Wolf Mother at least had like three or four songs as well. Like The Joke and the Thief was like the big one, but they had a few others as well that were quite good. Wasn't Joke and the Thief's Dereophonics? No. No, no, that was uh, that's a different song. Yeah, I'm thinking that's Yeah, yeah, no, Joke and the Thief, Joke and the Thief, Wolf Mother. Tell you all about the Joke and the Thief, and then I don't, It was used in The Hangover and like a bunch of other films. Yeah, but then they did Mother! Mother! No. No. Do you know what? For some reason, that song always reminds me of The Lost Boys, and I know it's not in there, but. For some reason, for some reason, the um, the verse in that reminds me of um, People Are Strange. Girl, Danzig. Danzig. Massive great big guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day. Um, there was some stupid little racist prick who was trying to argue with me on some fucking social media somewhere, as they always do. Um, and he was going like, he was like, Ramstein, my favourite brand. I fucking love Nazis. I was like, wait, do you know who Ramstein are? And he was like, yeah, they're industrial, they're fucking Nazis. I was like, no, they're bisexual deviants who are against 
you know, the social constructs that you seem to really praise. He's like, no, they're all fucking nuts. And I was like, watch that video you're talking about. And he's like, I've seen it. Look here. And he posted the clip and the clip in the beginning is just, you know, that um, Tig wears like a big old Nazi, like stormtrooper jacket made out of leather. Yeah. And he's got the hat, but then he takes it off and he starts making out with the bassist. He obviously had just seen the thumbnail where Tig's dressed like a Nazi but if you watch that video for like 15 seconds, he's like, and he's got suspenders on. He walks up and starts kissing the bassist and then starts singing. And the guy had obviously not really understood what he was listening to. He's no, like heard do. German and stuff. Right-wing, right-wing types, they, they don't understand anything. Yeah, like I, I've i been to see Ramstein enough times that... It's like those people with also friggin' spoilers for Mandalorian Season 2. But people thought Cobb Van, Van the guy you had... Boba Fett's armor. Yeah, yeah. They thought he was Boba Fett. He's a lot skinnier than Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> He's got no ass, literally yeah. no ass. But it hangs like, off of him quite well yeah. though. But like people there were people on Twitter who thought that was Boba oh, Fett. God. And then they didn't know who the guy was at the end. They just thought some guy looking at the Mandalorian leaving. Oh really? Yeah. They had no idea well. Even though the whole episode is him going, oh, I got found this armor, I got it Yeah, he train. tells you the backstory. Yeah, it's a great backstory. No, but he's wearing Boba Fett's armour. Ah. So he must be Boba Fett. But yeah, so Nazis really like Ramstein, but don't understand anything to do with Ramstein. Mm. And we all living in America, Coca-Cola, Wunderbar, which is meant to be a complete fucking... It's meant to show their disenfranchisement with capitalism and the ideas of the American dream and all the other shit. People take that as, they're praising America. Hmm. <laughs> ha! <laughs> <mentioned> Coca-Cola. <laughs> Coca-Cola, Wunderbar. <laughs> like, it's like, okay, guys, uh... Fährst du bis der tolle Scheiße, die treuen Sag, Fildalen, Trager. Lügs. Das. Is it das? Yes. <laughs> no, it's nine. Yeah. Yes, nine. Nein. Yeah. I used to listen to um, Ramstein all the time because I love Nazis. When I saw him in Prague, uh, when we went to go see them and they fucking, they're up on stage and they have the, they have this great, like, um, set thing. I think they used it. Isn't they, one of them Jewish? I'm sure one of them's Jewish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, keyboardist. Hmm. Is the skinny guy with the glasses. Yeah, Nazis, famous love juice. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's like a, a set piece they used to have where Tig would come out in like these big, like big boots that made him like two feet taller than he is. And he'd have a flamethrower. He's already six foot six. Yeah, he is. He's massive. <laughs> he had a flamethrower. And basically the keyboardist would be in a pot doing the thing. And then Tig would be singing. And at the end of the, the, the line that he's singing, he goes and shoots a flamethrower at the bottom of the pot that <laughs> the keyboards did it and the flames go up the side and the keyboardist at one point goes to put his keyboard back up and I think he must have melted one of the plastic hooks that holds mm. in place because he put the keyboard up and he was basically holding it up while he was playing it and Tig was like <laughs> who cares I remember um, at uh, Sonosphere when I went to go see them they had a rubber dinghy that they inflated they like basically they threw it out and as they threw it Pun? With fire. No, not fire. Oh. Um, they had the rubber dinghy and they, they pulled the string and it popped out and they threw it and then Tig just jumped into it and was singing as he was riding the crowd of people with <laughs> nice. this rubber dinghy. Like as he went over us, we basically, because of the weight of him and the fact that you've got all these people like shoved in next to each other, the boat went over and you could feel it just scrape all the skin off the back of your neck as you held it up. And it was just fucking hilarious to be a part. And there were people trying to jump up into it and shit like that and like he pushed one person off by the face which was hilarious <laughs> so I managed to get up on someone's shoulders and they jumped on the back of the boat and he was like that with them and they were like yeah I want you and they just fucking grabbed their face and pushed them off the boat and they just <laughs> sank um, they're so good live though they're one of those bands that um, they know 
they know how to put on like a proper stage show, like mm. flamethrowers and all that shit. Metallica do that, and it's always just like it's a big camp fucking icon. Yeah, yeah, they're all LGBTQ. Mm. Like they're really they're like allies to everyone. Like they did like Black Lives Matter stuff, and they did like LGBTQ stuff in Germany when that was all a big issue, mm. and also they supported immigrants. Like they're really good guys. And like I said, they're all bisexual fucking deviants. They make out of each other so much, I'm pretty sure I've been in a threesome just by standing near the stage. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Really fucking good, good bunch of people to see live. Speaking of bisexuals, I saw Michael Jackson in concert when I was a kid. Yeah, but you weren't sexy enough, were you? He rejected you from the light. Too far away, but I found my, um, I found my binoculars I got from the concert. (laughs) The funny thing was that he was pointing them at your hotel window. But have you ever been to a concert where you've needed binoculars to see the stage? No. Wait, where was it at? Wembley oh. Stadium. Jesus. The old Wembley Stadium. Yeah. So I the went... one that was like seven miles long or some shit, I don't know. You know the O2 where it was the Millennium Dome? Yeah. Oh, that stage is way too big for like a concert. Because when I saw Muse there... I don't know, man. Rush filled it. Three members of Rush filled well, that stage. I saw Muse there, I saw ELO there, and I saw... Um, <laughs> I can't remember the name of that guy. He's like a popular dude that Tara liked, and so I went to go see him. He did that stupid... Um, he's just shit. I don't like him. Yeah. But, you know, like, he's just one of those pop music people. I think you that, George Ezra, Yeah, maybe? you talked about it during yeah, some podcast fucking, years ago. Yeah. I don't have any interest in him. They did have uh, the girl who did High Five. That's a pretty banging song. Yeah, but I saw Rush there, so... I saw Yellow there. Yeah, Rush is more famous than Yellow. Rush are... The for, like, one of the biggest selling recording artists in the world. So ACDC? Nah, bigger than ACDC. No, ACDC have the... Is it the top highest... No, it's the second highest selling album of all time in Back yeah, in Black. Rush have sold more albums. The only people who have, have sold they? more have albums they? than Rush are the Beatles and Elvis. One second. Honestly. Who sold more albums? Rush or ACDC? Rush are like the third highest selling band of all time. They are the top... F- they they are one of the... Okay, so... Yeah, Russia, huge, man. People, no, wait, 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 wait. There's a lot of middle-aged men in the world, man. So the Beatles, <laughs> Eagles, Led Zeppelin, Billy Joel, Elton John, Pink Floyd, ACDC, Rolling Stones, Aerosmith, Bruce Springsteen, Metallica, Van Halen, Fleetwood Mac, U2, Journey are above Rush. That's highest set in individual albums, aren't you? <laughs> You're looking at total album sales. Total... Okay, let's... Total... <laughs> List of best-selling musical artists. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, artists by repute. Okay. So, I mean, Rush don't sell a massive amount of singles because no one buys Rush singles. You buy the albums, man. It's an experience. Madonna, Led Zeppelin, Rihanna, Pink Floyd. Didn't even make the list, mate. No, you're wrong. Eminem, Taylor Swift, Mariah Carey, Queen, Eagles. Whitney Houston, Celine Dion, ACDC, The Rolling Stones, Drake, Garth Brooks, Kanye West, Justin Bieber, (laughs) U2 again. Russia, the greatest band in the world. (laughs) Aerosmith. Abra have sold more albums than Rush. No, they haven't. (laughs) Yes, they have. Oh, God. Chris Brown has sold more albums than Rush. No. All right, okay, look. You look up Rush Total Album Sales and I'll look up ACDC. No, we're doing a podcast. Oh, okay, okay, never mind. Yeah. Just eat dicks. Oh, they've, they've, 40 million total worldwide sales, worldwide sales, Rush have. As of, as of 
uh, as of 2017. Uh, and then ACDC. <laughs> ACDC have the second highest selling album of all time. 200 million. 400 million. 200 million worldwide. Rush have sold 7 billion. Back in Black alone sold 25 million copies in the US, 50 million worldwide. Look, They've sold more of one album. Rush have more than one song. <laughs> Rush's entire discography. <laughs> Rush have more than one song. Yeah, Tom Sawyer. No, they've got more than that. Yeah, well, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer's not even their most popular song. What's their most popular song? Friggin' Fly By Night, Working Man, friggin'... I don't know any of these. <sighs> do they do Mr. Roboto? No, that... <laughs> well, look, you're wearing an Spirit ACDC t-shirt. You're wearing an ACDC t-shirt, so of course they sold more albums. <laughs> Why are you defending Rush? You don't even own any ACDC t-shirts. <laughs> Because I own their albums. The biggest selling, one of the biggest selling groups of They've only got one album. It's called Iron Man 2, the official soundtrack. <laughs> That's amazing. That was a good one. Yeah. I like that one a lot. <laughs> it's amazing that that's their greatest hits that's album. Greatest. They've got, there's one song by another band on there. And it's the one that's playing in the pre- plane when they're getting drunk. Yeah. It's the only other song that's on there. Well, there is actually... The Iron Man 2 is actually officially ACDC's greatest hits album. Well, they've also got greatest hits. Great shits. <laughs> oh, my God. Is one of them dead now? <laughs> Probably. They were good. Like, yeah, yeah, so is one in Rush. You lose one, one, lose one, you can't have more. You've got to freaking yeah, take one out. Yeah, they can only be one, isn't they? <laughs> each You're going to see which band's going to... Survive which free piece rock well, gods. The thing is that Russia- oh, my money's on Rush because one, Geddy Lee's vegetarian and super healthy, and two, yeah. Alex Lifeson's like I think I'm pretty sure he's younger than the others. So haven't Rush been going for like 45, 46 yeah, years? Yeah, yeah, like mid early seventies. Yeah, because ACDC been going since what sixty eight. Yeah, ACDC then die soon. Yeah, probably. Oh god, they were so good back in the day. That's Plus, the their health can't be that good because they're Australians. No, yeah. they eat nothing but barbecue, meat pies, yeah, meat pies and beer. Yeah. Um, I remember the ACDC's first album is definitely the best one. The one where they had um, what's his name? It's got that one that goes dan 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 dan. Whoa whoa whoa! Shake the foundations. Whoa whoa whoa! Shake up to the top, and then you go. You shook me all night long. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you. Oh, wait, isn't that Kiss? <laughs> oh, no, it was ACDC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not a very big fan. <laughs> Alright, Ant, um, I think, is that your last review? <laughs> Zubat. You were talking about Zubat. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Talking about Zubat, and then we had an existential crisis each, and then we spoke about Russian ACDC for five, ten minutes. All right. Anyway, that's been episode 149 of Crit Apocalypse. Uh, you can find Ant at Mellow Gaming on YouTube, and you can also find him as LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter. Uh, you've also got another YouTube channel, Reacting Sentai Yopper Ranger. Reacting yeah, sure. Sen- is it Reacting Sentai or Senpai? Sentai. Sen- Sen- Sentai Yopper Ranger. Yeah, Senpai's a teacher, isn't it? Yeah. Well, Senpai is just someone who's like, you consider your...
three chords A, D, and G. Put them together in any order. And do your best impression of Marge Simpson. What's that? Look out! I'm on the road! What's that? Look out! I'm on the road! <laughs> 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 That's banging. I might download that song. <laughs> 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 role models in role models they're like they're like oh I love wings hey hey uh, <laughs> do you know any of their songs he's like oh yeah love take me down to the streets <laughs> and it's not a wing song it's just everybody in that universe thinks it's a wing song except for, except for Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott and at the end they had a wings cover band record a version of it <laughs> love take me down to the streets <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking amazing. Um, you can find me. Everyone knows Paul Vud's all about Rush. Yeah. No, it's about kissing that. No, it's all about Rush. Have you Paul seen Rudd. Role Models? No, but Paul Rudd oh, is a big Rush Rod fan. It's actually a really good film. Mm. You'd actually really enjoy it. Yeah, he's a big Rush fan because in. Um, what was that film? I Love You, Man? Yeah. Yeah, they go to see Rush, don't they? Yeah, was, he, I think he wrote that film as a ruse to get to see <laughs> Rush. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, Angus Young's never brought someone back to life with a solo. Neil Peart did, though. Neil Peart's drum solo of life. Didn't work mm. on him, though, did it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this has been our darkest episode yet. How would he play it? <laughs> he he's recording in the background. He feels himself going down. He's pressing play. He can't play. just play the recording. Yes, you can. No, he, yes, just you can. Mad- Every time I watch that film, I feel a bit. <laughs> Drum solo of life. Magical force, man. <laughs> Why is he so tiny in that film? I can't even remember the reason. <laughs> and here's my protege. Oh, when I saw him, he was tiny. Bur- <laughs> it's up on stage. Oh, he was only like an inch tall from where I saw oh, him. Like- oh, that was such a good movie. Nobody's really seen that film. I watched it multiple times. <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> it's, it's, what's his name? Chicken Brenner. Mm. It's Bruce Campbell. It's like, it's one great. of our orders. We're going to fly this plane into this wall. It's like, why does that take four of us? It's like, because we're a team. <laughs> Drum solo of life. Oh, sorry, the guy's getting stabbed and getting killed. And Master Shake walks by and goes, Get a room! <laughs> Did you hear me? I said, Get a room! I said, Get a room! I love the, the Brood Witch episode where it's like, it's like, Don't eat that sandwich because every time you eat that sandwich, you go to a hell dimension, it takes a bite. And it cuts to the two demons that are chasing him every second he's in there. <laughs> and they're just chatting away. They're like, Yeah, Sandra's got us going to counseling. And I just, uh, I just, uh, yeah, I'm really struggling with the idea that I'm the problem. And he goes, Hey, isn't that that guy you're meant to be chasing? Runs <laughs> after <laughs> <laughs> Uh, mm. Aquadine Hunger Force is so good did you hear that Venture Bros got cancelled finally yeah because they only made five seasons over like 17 years it's so good though it's like one of the best animated series yeah I would cancel them too if they take that long to make a show <laughs> <coughs> didn't Metapolis didn't they recently get funding to the film because I think Venture Bros are also going to try and make a film maybe anyway sorry you can find me at Chris Apocalypse on YouTube and Twitter have a nice evening uh Trump fucks kids and he's hopefully going to jail in the next two months. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Rich white people don't seem to get actually arrested or, or done in for shit. But you know, I we can always I was hope. Rich. 
He's probably going to shit himself to death at some point. If you're lucky. Yeah. Well, you know. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.